0: And
1: welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're coming to you live from our radio and television studios here, right here in beautiful Northwest Pennsylvania. We got Joe. We got Real Tech Eric. Eric the Tech, that is. His Twitter handles at Real Tech Eric. He said, don't mention it tonight. Didn't update it. Sorry, he's got some good stuff. And we've got Jackie, the Director, the Administrator of Operations. All, all reporting for duty, as well as Lady, the studio dog, minding the door. That's right, folks. We broadcast live Monday through Friday, seven to ten p.m. Eastern time, right here on the Global Star Radio Network. It's the place to be. I want to thank Global Star Radio Network for carrying our show, and of course, you know, it carries all the shows. Uh, Russ Dizdar, and my goodness, Russ Dizdar, wow! Did you hear that? It's show earlier. Huh. And, of course, uh, Dave Hodges and Dr. Ted Brower. And don't forget, next Tuesday, Election Day. It's not just Election Day. It's uh, Dr. Ted Brower's birthday. So if you feel so inclined, drop my birthday wish. We should we should just harass the heck. Of him. We should inundate him with, like, birthday wishes, like in his inbox or something. He's not, See, he's, he's not one to like that. So just big, one big happy family here. Uh, well, I shouldn't say he's not one to like it. He does appreciate that, but, you know, it's it's like, what would you do to me? And I'm Doug Hagman with the Allen Film Investigative Researcher. My son, Joe Hagman, together something I like to call America's premier father-son investigative reporting team. My goodness. Uh, 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 my goodness. This has become just a, you know, a cluster you-know-what, right, with respect to the elections. Now, folks, I, I don't know how you feel about things. I mean, I, I have a good idea based on your emails and the mail I get, and I understand. I understand everyone's frustration, and election fatigue, headline fatigue, fatigue in general. Believe me, if if I could, I'd roll up in a in the fetal position along with my my dog and, uh, right. But um, but this is a big deal with respect to Hillary Clinton, I, and I and I, I have to touch on this and uh then I know Joe's got some things that he wants to get into but uh and I'm going to let him start off this segment uh with his his topics his headlines but um, one of the things that you really have to I really think that people need to understand is what has happened with the FBI is the FBI has uh had to act they had to act because of the serious nature of the fine the intel the data fine on Anthony Weiner's laptop but it's more than that it's more than the 650,000 emails of, of course that's the ostensible reason it's the careless disregard for national security it's the um it's the Huma Abedin connection to the Muslim Brotherhood, Muslim Sisterhood. Did you know? And and just a few tidbits here, in just a random random order. Y- you know, this weekend, Huma Abedin, her mother and sister were staying with Huma at their New York City, at Huma's New York City apartment. Now. There's a couple of issues with that. Don't forget, Huma's mother, Saleh, is the uh, editor of the Muslim Journal, of course, and the and the sisters involved in Muslim affairs as well. Um, Hillary seemed to reduce Huma to nothing more than just one of just one of my staffers. When in fact she was the closest confidant of Hillary Clinton for the past two decades. Now I don't know. I I know it's I know you folks I know you can't we like we can't make a, you know get a pool and uh, pool of money we can't pull our money together and get um get like a life insurance policy on on Anthony Weiner and uh, Huma Abedin we've got to have an insurable interest can't do that that's that's not I mean that's not right it's against the law but. You know, I would say to uh, to Huma and to Anthony Weiner, um, just from the Hillary perspective, you might want to might want to hire a food taster. Uh, others have written to me, and and I know Joe, you've seen this, where hey, you know, is Huma still in the country? Yeah, she's still in the country. Now there are rumors about her having to surrender, or the FBI, I shouldn't say not having to surrender, but the FBI requesting that she surrender her passport.
2: No, they can't take her passport that. away. But, but yesterday, I she have. picked up her, or took her son to school with her. Her sister was with her. Right. And she was photographed in, uh, I believe it was Brooklyn in New York. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's and where they, her, that's where the, that's her turf. Her lawyers went to meet with the FBI, apparently. Uh, I'm not sure if that was yesterday or today. All this seems to be running together. Um, but she is off <laughs> the Hillary Clinton campaign trail for the time being. Okay. And and all of this together, if, if nothing
1: else, and Joe and I were, were, were just earlier today, we were just really pounding our heads against the wall and trying to say, okay, what do you want to hear about this? Because this is topical. This is important. There's things that are taking place. And, And we came to the idea, well, things that you don't hear even on the best of the best like Fox News or uh, the best of the best media. So, a couple of things. And on this last night or yesterday, I had mentioned this. Uh, our sources have confirmed that agents within the FBI never destroyed the laptop, laptops given to them by the aides of Hillary Clinton, as previously reported. This first came out this past weekend. Uh, attorney Joe DeGenova, DiGeno, uh, who is m- married to Victoria Tensing. He was on the David Webb show on Sirius uh, XM on Friday, and he said, "Uh, you know, look, I'm going to tell you something. Um, People don't know this. But the FBI agents who were charged with destroying the laptops after, this was part of the agreement between the FBI, Mills, Samuelson, and others. The immunity agreement? Well, the immunity agreement was
2: separate. Then there were agreements. Okay, we're gonna, uh, we're gonna. You know. Because wasn't it reported the two people, uh, Cheryl Mills and the other one who signed the immunity agreements? Wasn't it reported that their laptops were destroyed?
1: Yes, but it wasn't. The immunity agreement was not contingent upon the destruction of the laptops. Right. It, this was uh, like an addendum, if anything. Uh, but the laptops of Aid uh, Cheryl Mills and Heather Samuelson. Okay, according to De Genova, it was part of the immunity deal, but I don't see how that's possible, given the fact that I just think this is not worded. I don't believe this is worded correctly. Okay, fine. We'll just say it's part of the immunity deal. But the bottom line is this: the FBI agents did not destroy the evidence, and they did so believing that to destroy the evidence would be to would be not lawful, not legal. Now. DeGenova said that uh, the laptop, laptops, contrary to published reports, were not destroyed, and the reason is the agents who were tasked with destroying them refused to do so. And, and I will add, believing that it was an unlawful order. And by the way, the laptops are at the FBI for inspection by Congress or federal courts. Now, I want to keep pushing that out there. The reason being, there is evidence on those laptops that was not addressed within the Comey investigation as it was, as Comey stated or uh, uh, as Comey came out on July 5th of this year and said, okay, here's the deal,
2: bang. And from what I read today and Comey's connections to, I think, what you're going to get into with the um, Clinton, what would you call them, business partners? Well, um, yeah close confidants, family, friends, and business associates, yep. Comey is, is deeply entrenched in that circle of Podesta um, and everything that's been going on right. with the Clinton campaign, so that brings up even more questions about the latest FBI probes. No, there are two separate investigations. We talked about this yesterday. There are five, actually. Well, there are five, five. five field offices investigating. No, no, five investigations, but but go on. Okay. There's an investigation into, I read five field offices were investigating the Clinton Foundation, as well as the reopening of the FBI investigation into um, the Clinton email server because of testimony from Huma Abedin, who uh, said she didn't have any emails personally, yet they were found on her husband's computer. Right, Um, right. And we posted a story about that on Hagman Report today. And we asked the question: Will she face jail time due to you know the perjury? No, are so you talking can, about Huma or yes? Yeah. Huma. Now, th- th-
1: and, th- and how will it affect Hillary? Yeah, I don't think Huma is going to see one day in jail uh, for a lot of reasons, but I, I, only because Huma, if if anyone in this in, in this mess has the goods that could take down Hillary, it would be Huma.
2: And I right. read that the file on Anthony Weiner's computer. Was labeled life insurance, you know. Okay, now I, that's speculation. I yeah,
1: that's, okay. That true. question, that question was addressed on Fox. uh the, the, that early program that comes on at six o'clock in the morning, Fox and Friends. Is that even during the week? I can't remember what it's called, but um, I don't have. All right, Fox News. Huh? So th- that was, yeah. That that question was asked of Trey Gowdy, whether he knew whether there was. I believe it was Trey Gowdy. Uh, it was either Trey Gowdy or no. I'm going to attribute to Trey Gowdy because because that was the one I, I recall. And he said, "Look, I I don't know. Um, I I think that there was a lot of information that because of the scuttlebutt within the intelligence community, and there's more folks. There is more. There are more FBI agents right now trying to get information out that are under threat." Than at any other time in history, and you might, people might say, well, wait a minute. I don't quite understand this. Why not? Well, Comey's got a stack of res- uh, resignations on his desk. He is commiserating with his wife uh, nightly and has been since the middle of July, uh, or the early part of July. Um, morale is at the lowest it's ever been in at the FBI. Comey has Challenged Lynch. By the way, Lynch shouldn't even say word one because she recused herself based on the tarmac meeting with with the uh, with the Bubba. Okay, so she, having recused herself, she should not even be. She shouldn't be a th- She should be a thousand miles away in terms of this. But no, she had to come out and she had to make a statement about Comey's recent letter, the Thursday letter. The Friday letter that is.
2: Now, yeah. Did you read about? Um, was, did the FBI or did the Department of Justice and Loretta Lynch shut down an FBI grand jury probe into Hillary Clinton? Did you see that article today?
1: Yes, in okay. fact, more than once. The, the
2: grant you said grand jury a grand jury um, uh, right. They they wanted to and uh, convene a grand jury yes, and it once. was shut down by specifically Loretta Lynch. Exactly.
1: Now okay um wow well, you know I, I have not watched as much news um than I have in the last uh four days and I mean I have, I've watched it 20 hours a day I've had uh concurrent I've had MSNBC and CNN and then Fox News I've had two TVs or two monitors I should say not televisions but monitors and then uh on one was split between MSNBC and CNN, and I want to thank Tech Eric for setting that up, and
2: the other uh with Fox News. Well, we should be good then because I haven't watched any of the news TV, oh, and I've oh. been reading all this stuff, so I think we got well it, both covered. Yeah, my brain is fried, okay, but but see, here is the thing. Uh, all
1: right, it, it's you, you tune you're, and I, man, if if you haven't seen, there are some really great highlights. Um, James Carville, you know James Carville. He looks like a he's got that lizard-like appearance. Uh, he's married to Mary Ma- uh, uh, Mary Matlin. Uh, he's a Democratic spokesman down there in Louisiana. Okay, he he went off. I mean, he had this meltdown, cosmic meltdown, blaming the Russians again,
2: specifically the KGB, K- yeah, which is was right. disbanded right. after the fall of the Soviet Union. no oh, but yeah, 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 of course. And the, um, GOP establishment and the FBI and the Russians and the KGB all working together is what he came out and said. And he tried to state the case. Yeah. As to why he thought this was true. Which, um, I didn't quite follow
1: his logic. Which, so I'm going to just dismiss that. The one thing I found, and I I knew I read it somewhere, did you ever, um, did you ever read something and it kind of sticks in the back of your mind, or and you hear something? This situation, and I'm going to, I'm kind of skipping around here a little bit, but folks, you might be interested to to hear this. Um, and JD isolated the um, YouTube section that I'm going to re- make reference to. Remember January 2000, or think back to January of 2000. Hillary Clinton first lady has not announced her senate run yet. They're on their way out. Hillary and Bill on the way out of the White House. Of course because of, you know, Bush uh, coming in. January of 2000, she appears as a guest on David Letterman. Well, no, you know, no big deal and they're they're Letterman is is I mean he's you know worshiping the ground that she walks on and th- this is new I I don't think anyone has this information not that it's secret but I don't think anyone's brought this out yet so so please pay, you know pay attention to this Hillary Clinton's on on Letterman January of 2000 a month before she announces her Senate run now she admits during this interview, which lasts about thirty minutes with commercials, at, with Letterman, that she is going to file and run for the Senate, uh, you know, the, the senator of New for representing the state of New York, for U.S. Senate. So, you know, they were yucking it up, Letterman and and uh, Hillary. And about nineteen minutes into the into the interview. Letterman says, "Well, you know," to, and I'm paraphrasing here. To, so, "So you're not, a, so you don't appear like you're a carpetbagger, basically. I mean, of all the states you could you could run for Senate, you're choosing to to flop down here in New York. What do you really know about New York?" So he makes a big deal. He grabs an, a piece of paper. And he says, "I'm going to give you a test to see test your knowledge about New York. To, it, kind of ostensibly to see if you're qualified to run uh, for the Senate seat, in New York." See how much you really know about New York. And there were like four questions or five questions. And one was the state bird. What's the state bird of New York? Now, I wonder how many people in the state of New York know what the state bird of New York is. Okay. Well, he asked her the question. And she answers it correctly. And then the second question was, what is the state tree of New York? And she, you know, she's, let's see. I know it's the maple and, and then Letterman says, well, what kind of maple? And then she's going, hmm, uh, there's the red maple and non maple or whatever. And then the sugar maple and, you know, so they ding a bell. Oh, you're right. Sugar maple. Got another, another one correct. Now again, this is before she was actively running for the, the Senate seat. And then he said, how many counties in New York? And, uh man, she was quick with that answer. And uh, 62, and I've been to 40 of them, she said. All right. And then there was a, another question, um, New York, uh two more about the geography questions. One about the, the highest uh, mountain range in New York, and that's the Anirondacks, of course. An easy question. Easy answer. And then the two lakes, two great lakes that uh, New York touches. And she answered that question correctly. But it was a big show, and here's why I'm mentioning this to you. I uh, uh, about 15 years ago, rough, I don't know, 12 years ago, maybe, a dozen years ago, Peggy Noonan wrote a book called "The Case Against Hillary Clinton," and uh, I, I knew I, I knew it was in that book somewhere. So I grabbed the book and I was reading through it. I found I found it in the preface. Actually, I had to go back and look, and I found it in the preface. And according to a spokesman for Hillary Clinton, after the fact after her after Hillary's appearance on Letterman and for the purposes of this book Hillary, uh, Peggy noonan uh, confirmed through a Hillary Clinton spokesman Hillary Clinton was provided the answers to those questions ahead of time
2: What we'll gave that away well it was we it, admitted, it was how admitted much by time a spokesman. In New York i mean Doing work, investigative work, from Buffalo to New York City, and I couldn't tell you the state bird, exactly the state tree. But, but, but here is my point. I mean, okay, but, but see, here is the point: people
1: have, you know, and people have memories. Their memories aren't good, or when you look at that, when you watch that particular clip, it's a performance of Hillary Clinton. She is performing to the audience letterman knows that she knows the answer answers hillary knows the answers but to watch it it's this big performance as if she wow what an intelligent woman this woman is for her to know the answers to to these questions It, it was all smoke and mirrors and you might say this is no big deal but there is something in the investigative criminal investigations uh, called a continuous course of criminal conduct. You've heard me mention this before. She did this in the year 2000. She was given the questions of this pop quiz ahead of time. Sixteen years later, enter Donna Brazil, who did this weird. Did you see that weird jig of a dance she did at the uh at the DNC. My goodness. That's she no shame. Of course Donna Brazil is the interim chair of the DNC. And when confronted with the absolute irrefutable evidence via the WikiLeaks Podesta emails that she provided the answers or the questions, I should say to Hillary Clinton for the March town hall debate to Clinton in advance while working as well at CNN, as a contributor for CNN, and to have Hillary perform very much like she did in the year 2000. Sixteen years difference, same situation, different parties, different venue, but the same course of conduct. Now, to those people out there, again, who believe that Hillary Clinton is the lesser of the two evils, especially if you are a Christian, you folks, to you I say, look, turn off the show and and enjoy the wrath that you will invite with a Clinton presidency. The lies, the deceit, the course of, of... Criminal conduct, the culture, the criminal culture of deception. It's very interesting in terms of that particular, that, that, you might think it's no big deal. It is a big deal. Because for as much as Donna Brazil refuses now to answer any questions about it or gives non denial denials and Hillary Clinton, that smug hubris, that she exhibits, and another thing too, which I never—I I just couldn't understand this in the same preface. And I and I chuckled when I when I saw this because I'm getting—I don't know about you—I'm getting so sick and tired of Hillary Clinton doing this. Now, if you're if you're listening by Global Star or BTR, you'll have to. I'll explain to you what I'm doing. I'm waving and pointing. See, are you sick of this yet? I mean, what is that? What in the hell is that? And, you know, it's called the triumphant finger, okay? I'm sorry, the triumphant finger point. I got to tell you, man, I am so sick of seeing that. But Noonan addresses this, and she says that in every case... When she was covering that, that senatorial thing and her time as the senatorial, there's no one that she's pointing to, whether it's Bill Clinton or Hillary Clinton, she's pointing to no one. Okay. It's not, it's not no one in particular. It's just no one. I was doing a point and wave, wave and point, wave and point. I mean, to me, I just want to like yank my hair out when I see this. It's a pet peeve of mine. My goodness, it's kind of like this with the you know Miss America stuff, you know, you know these things, the fake waves. I, it's, it's just, oh, you know, I, I don't know. Okay, so yeah, the the uh, the, but it's all theater. And every single person that I've I've talked to and Joe's talked to, we're sick of the theater. We're sick of the lies. And this, and and when it all comes back, back down to this, it all comes back down to the Clinton Foundation, the Clinton Global Initiative, which is the vehicle of the globalists, folks. That's where all of the smoking guns exist. And they use that along with the emails. The emails, of course, contain classified information. The emails and, and, and her, she lied about the number uh, with respect. To, she twisted the facts about the January fifth uh, uh, statement by Comey. Three or something she mentioned. No, no, no. There were 110 in 52 different email strings, threads, whatever you want to call them, that contained uh, top secret information the highest level of classification special access programs. That's what Hillary Clinton did. Intent doesn't matter yet we've got it. Folks, you're listening to the Hagman Report. I dominated the first segment. We're going to bring Joe in, in the second. After which we're going to have a very special guest, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being part of our listening audience. May God bless each and every one of you. Thanks for putting up with me. I'm going to be right back. Stay right where you're at Hagman and Hagman Report. Uh, folks, please, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yeah, it's, the button's right there. You you know where the button is. You can just see it. Just so, if you haven't done so, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also, follow us on our social networking feeds, Twitter, at Hagman Report. Facebook, Hagman Report. Um, I've got a Facebook and Twitter myself. At uh, Hagman P.I. is my, my Twitter and Facebook under my own name. now, As a public figure. Now, uh, uh, before we get to the rest of this segment, or this segment, into this segment, I, you know, I just gotta tell you, sometimes I I, 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 the day after, November 1st always has been a, kind of a rough day, uh, not a rough day, just an interesting day. It, my dad's birthday was today, Um of course he passed away a number of years ago, uh, he would have been, uh, not quite a hundred, not quite a hundred, but gaining on it. So, you know, it's, uh, it's something when you, when you think about stuff like that, right, folks? We're all, uh, well, you know. Anyway, so we, we've got a lot of stuff to get into. Hour two is Dave from the X-22 Report. And this I can't wait for that interview.
2: Yeah, he's an, uh, an economist, and his website is x22report.com. Right. And I would advise people to go there and check it out Yeah. Um, get ready. as soon as you can. And, and yeah, get ready. It's going to be a very interesting hour. And then we have Stan and yes. Our number three.
1: Which is always a crowd pleaser,
2: You know, folks, uh, again, before
1: we move on with this segment, I just want to, I'm so excited to welcome TexasReady.net. That's TexasReady.net. If you've never heard of TexasReady.net, you're going to. You are going to. Folks, TexasReady, they have seed banks. Now, I'm sure you, any prepper is familiar with seed banks, but these are ranked as the highest in the world for good reason. First, they, First of all, they contain regionally appropriate openly or open-pollinated heirloom seeds. Most seed banks don't take into account geographic differences. TexasReady.net does. Hybrid seeds are good for only one garden. They don't re- reproduce true to type. That's why it's necessary to purchase stable heirloom seeds. Now, folks, we, we go over all of these. Uh, I mean, this company has it all when it comes to seeds they're experts texas ready uses certified seeds now most seed bank companies don't because they cost much more texas ready thinks their customers are worth it and i dare say more importantly we think our listeners are worth it and the germination rate on their seeds is just outstanding and if you even if you don't know how to garden Texas Ready has several excellent reference books that help you grow plenty of nutrient-dense food, start plant from seedlings, save seeds correctly, and protect genetics so you don't inadvertently create hybrids from your heirloom plants. And that's something I never thought of. Now, we've met the owner of Texas Ready, Lucinda Bailey. She's called the Seed Lady, and she really knows her stuff. She understands the chemistry behind food production and high-yield gardening, you buy a seed bank based on how many people you're going to be providing food for or you expect to provide food for when, you know, when, when it all comes down, right? They've got five sizes, a two person, well, two, four, six, twelve, and thirty person kits. And they're, they're accordingly priced, alright? So if you've got a garden for four in your backyard, but allow eight more people in your group, then, <laughs> All, all 12 get to starve equally. They, they tell you exactly how to plan. Texas Ready Seeds come in a refurbished U.S., U.S. Army ammo can, which, which all have moisture seals. And I gotta tell you, they disallow, um, any type, anything to get in. You know, rats can eat through number 10 cans and even thick plastic tubes. I've seen it. Most seed banks come in containers which put your family at risk, but not with Texas Ready. Each Texas Ready seed bank contains 80-plus varieties of vegetables and fruits, including eight dual-purpose herbs for medicine and cooking. The larger banks come with training manuals which teach you to garden properly. Folks, check out their website. At TexasReady.net. That's TexasReady.net. Welcome aboard. Welcome to the Hagman and Hagman family and listeners and viewers. I guarantee you, you will not go, around, go wrong with their product. And I would urge everybody, man, this is something that we didn't think of. And Eric and I were talking, and we, we were talking about seeds. And he's like, I don't know nothing about seeds. And I said, I don't either. You know, so, so we went to TexasReady.net and, uh, hey, what a good source plus the information they provide is invaluable texasready.net welcome aboard listeners i know you're going to love them uh that's for your pantry and uh good stuff now joe uh so much going on and again the uh, the five criminal investigations going on against hillary or the in her orbit uh you got Two investigations into the Clinton Foundation. You've got uh, the emails. You've got the uh, various lies under oath. I mean, we can go on and on and on. But I know I'm not you've sure got some election uh, stuff you want to talk about.
2: I just came across something here. I'm going to have to send this off to you to see if this is something new. The FBI apparently has a website for all of Hillary Clinton's emails as. Secretary of State from January 21st, 2009 to February 1st, 2013. Okay. I'm going to send this off to you. No, yeah. uh, okay.
1: And, and There's, okay. And, I don't and know. I'll caution everyone out there. there. There are a lot of websites that are... are um, no, it's FBI. Okay, is it FBI.gov?
2: I'm going to send it to okay. you. Uh, I'm
1: not sure. I, I, are, are there are there, they're actually displaying the emails? yeah. All right. Frankly, look, they are showing you what they want you to see WikiLeaks is showing you everything all right WikiLeaks as Donna Brazil says well they're stolen and James Carpell, they stolen emails stolen by the Russians all right uh, you look at FBI the, the vault FBI.gov uh, uh, address it's just what they want you to see that is a portion of the emails. That's only a small portion, and chances are that's just off of the state department, mm-hmm. uh, which is, I'm sure is heavily redacted and censored. But you've got, uh, and I just want to just reaffirm this. Okay. All right. I just want to reaffirm this. Uh, the, the, uh, just real quick here. I'm, i I had this on my, as notes here on my computer. Um, okay. Here it is right here. The, um, the, the five different, um, cases against uh, five investigations into the, that are ongoing that relate to hillary anthony weiner huma abedin's estranged husband sexting a the 15 year old now that's again it does a direct deal directly with hillary clinton not directly but just one heartbeat away from hillary herself the, the handling of classified material by clinton and her staff on her private email server questions over whether the clinton foundation was used as a front for influence peddling and then you've got of course this i didn't mention this earlier whether the virginia governor terry mcauliffe broke laws about foreign donations and whether hillary's campaign chairman's brother did the same um the progress of the Clinton Foundation investigation and that into McAuliffe was initially reported by the Wall Street Journal. So a lot of these places are started, media outlets are starting to, uh, get into the process of throwing Hillary or exposing Hillary. I'm not going to say throw her under the bus, but uh, the, um, the vice chair of the Clinton campaign, the close body confidant of Hillary Rodham Clinton, and, and I may be talking about this tomorrow, um, at, uh, two o'clock Eastern on InfoWars. I'll be, I'll be a guest with Alex Jones tomorrow on InfoWars at two PM Eastern, I believe it is. And I'm going to be talking about this. But Huma Abedin, you've got, folks, you've got to understand Huma Abedin is, as far as I'm concerned, an agent of the Muslim Brotherhood. And there's more to the emails residing on, um Weiner's or Weiner's, uh, uh, laptop than, than merely uh, cloud uh, storage. All right, Huma Abedin lied under oath and it's certainly difficult as far as I'm concerned to suspect that it's anything but deliberate. When asked if she destroyed all of the devices that the, her emails could have been on, she replied in the affirmative. You can't tell me that she didn't realize because she admits to taking her phone and Syncing it or downloading it on uh, using, uh, Wiener's computer to, uh, uh, to whatever they do, sync that stuff. I don't have a cell phone, so I don't know. But this is about espionage in my view. The information I've gotten from my contact within the labyrinth of the FBI here over the weekend, which by the way has been in disarray ever since Comey seemingly let Hillary off the hook in July. The Clinton Foundation of Personal Enrichment is bad enough, of course. The most sensitive information is found on the laptop of an accused pedophile, which, you know, there will be serious questions, but that's not the worst of it. I do predict that Huma Abedin, this is me personally saying this now, is going to turn out to be exposed as as a Saudi mole, a spy, whether it's going to appear, whether they make it appear that she was duped by her mother or her sister or someone else. I believe it's going to come out where she allowed state secrets to be shared with the Muslim Brotherhood. And that includes the time period, especially around Benghazi. And she's, I believe she's going to be proved to be the middleman the go between the conduit, who through Hillary gave out our secrets to the Al-Qaeda Muslim Brotherhood, And I stand by this prediction. Her marriage to to Wiener, who is Jewish, by the way, and hardcore Muslims in the Brotherhood do not marry Jews. Now, you got to think about that. Um, Was simply to get herself positioned, I believe, and to solidify her Western persona. Kind of like taking one for the team. And I think the walls of containment have now been overrun, and this is what we're seeing now. And uh, um, anyway... I just wanted to, to bring that again out into the open, but I know you've got some other non-election or non-Hillary news, but folks, this is huge. Uh, I did a video, I'm not sure of the status of that video yesterday talking about, I think I was talking about Abedin. By the time I did that video, I was like, I was pretty well fried mentally. I'm not sure of the status of that, but it'll be up soon. Um, it kind of gives you, uh, brings you up to date with respect to Huma Abedin, her position and, and her connections if you, if you re- i mean it's an eye opener so well, right, we have John, a few pieces
2: of news that are non election related the latest number of syrian refugees has been released the obama administration has resettled over 13,000 syrian refugees in the us since the beginning of 2016 an increase of 675% over the same 10 month period in 2015 out of those 13 plus 1099.1% uh, are muslims out of those 12966 are sunni muslims 110 other muslims 77 or point five percent are christians during the same period from january to october of 2015 1705 syrian refugees were admitted um and were Christians. Now, the surge of Syrian refugees' admissions initiated by the administration last February has continued into the new fiscal year. Now, one month old into this new cycle, a total of 1,297 were resettled alone this October, a 593% increase over last October. And we're going to apparently see this trend continue as the Syrian refugee program... Done by the Obama administration has been expanded, and uh, it looks like all signs point to you know we're going to see closer to fifty to a hundred thousand Syrian refugees enter the United States next year. Now this is on top of the border crossings from the uh, south, the undisclosed border crossings that were uh, we talked about on Monday, as well as the detention center figures that were released and that's just going to continue um some news here from here in the United States about uh, a pipeline the colonial pipeline north of or I'm sorry south of Birmingham, Alabama exploded and now there's a state of emergency running into December 1st the story is a in a, a, Alabama a, a ba- bobcat hit it well well that's the story this, the initial story um in September this was the same pipeline that leaked Causing gas prices to rise in a number of states, from Alabama, Georgia, North and South Carolina, Tennessee. But uh, this time, they say there was um, people working in the area that accidentally hit a transmission pipe, causing an explosion, which seven workers were injured, one was killed, and the explosion was seen up to over fifty miles away, or could be more than that. Uh, this happened yesterday. Now. They say that, again, the affected states, Alabama, Georgia, North, and South Carolina, Tennessee, uh, are looking at possibly increased gas prices as well as a uh, lower supply, but that this is the reason for the state of emergency. It's allowing the Alabama to obtain a waiver from the federal government for transporting gasoline through the state and avert fuel shortages caused by this pipeline disruption. And there are aerial, aerial surveillance photos of the explosion site and also photos and video immediately after the explosion that you can find on the Internet that are pretty interesting. Um, in international news, uh, North Korea is planning to launch, do another test launch of its intercontinental ballistic nuclear missiles. And if I remember correctly, the last time they they did a test i think the us or nato put their foot down and said that we're not going to you know allow you to do another one but now they're saying that us officials are saying that north korea is preparing a missile launch and that in a uh, intercontinental ballistic missile in the next 3 days according to fox, fox business network citing two unidentified us officials says that the communist nation planned to launch or between 24 and 72 hours, as the uh, Fox Business News reported. It will be the latest in a series of launches by the isolated country this year in violation of U.N. Security Council resolutions supported by China that ban all ballistic missile-related activities by the North. Now, um, North Korea already tried to test launch other um, nuclear missiles And other missile programs this year. They got one coming. October 20th was the last one during the third presidential debate. Yep. And it was a failed launch. It failed immediately after the launch, according to U.S. and South Korean militaries. And it came in spite of the threat of further U.N. sanctions under discussion. Now, what's going to be the fallout from this attempted launch? Uh, I'm not sure. But what they're, the weapon that they're testing. Is apparently capable to fly 1,800 miles and can be fired from road mobile launchers, and this is what has South Korea and U.S. officials so concerned. And um, this is the this will be the eighth launch attempt in seven months by North Korea to launch a weapon with the uh, design range of 1,800 miles.
1: And I think it's important too because you've got a couple of satellites that are that are going over to the United States. What the heck are we supposed to think of this with the North Koreans? Uh, is that now, is, do they pose a, a legitimate threat or, is, or, or, or are we just looking at, I mean, what are we
2: looking at here? Well, we have, uh, s- such an advanced, uh, protection of weapon systems and, uh, I would say that they, they do pose a threat, but not a threat that we could not handle. I mean, we would be able to, I think, not only stop their weapons, but launch an offensive, um, unless other countries got involved, I think we would be just fine. All right. They uh, can't even seem to get their test launches correct unless there is third party interference that is going on. Or
1: but don't forget third party uh, You know, North Korea is a proxy of uh, or pro. Yeah, North Korea is a proxy of China. Joe, jo, I, I, mean, I, anyway, I, I just I want to hit this real quick, and then I, I forgot to do this yesterday. Real quick, uh, you know, folks, how, how interested i am in the suspicious strange odd death of vince foster i personally based on my own research my investigation believe that foster did not commit suicide based on my research my investigation my my conversations with other insiders let me repeat that it is my professional opinion based on that that foster did not commit suicide are we clear on that now? Again, this is my professional investigative opinion. And I do believe that others who say, again, this in my opinion, others who say, write, publish, purport, speak that he did or assert that he did, claiming evidence to support that are either misguided or intentionally lying. But here is something that I didn't we didn't talk about this, but this is important because of the Hillary Clinton thing right now okay FBI files linking Hillary Clinton to the suicide I should say to the death of White House Counsel Vince Foster in 1993 vanished from the National Archives when August when August of 2016 not 1993 but just this past August and the reason I mentioned this Okay, and the Daily Mail was first to report this out of the U.K. The reason I mention this, and then I'm going to shut up, Joe, and I'm going to hand it back to you for the other news, is the record of Hillary Clinton, the criminal record, is being expunged. Everything that journalists say, the, the, the so-called approved, self-appointed, self-proclaimed journalists have stated about Foster and Clinton, I do believe is part of a larger agenda. I think that there's some house cleaning being done. This is part of it. I'm going to be reporting on this at length in a different segment. I just want to get this out there on the record because I'm going to tell you something. Eh, having this kind of information, even though it's published in the Daily Mail,
2: um, not exactly the best stuff to have. Go on, Joe. Well, i got a question quiet. for you. Yeah. Can Hillary Clinton be pardoned without being charged or convicted with a crime?
1: Um, that question came up. Actually, yes. Um, the question, the answer is yes. It. it um, That's what I've come yes, to, yes. and
2: apparently, um, yes. Uh, no. This happened in, in the past. Uh, I think it was Nixon, right. if I remember correctly. I read today, pardoned somebody or was pardoned himself without being charged or convicted of a crime.
3: Because people were asking, a,
2: can will the charges have to be filed before a pardon is issued? No. Will people have to, will they have to wait till a conviction is granted? Or can we see uh Hillary pardon or Obama pardon Hillary? And then if she gets elected to turn around and her pardon Obama and can a president pardon himself? That was another question. I then, to Now answer. that's
1: a little bit sketchier. I don't believe a president can, bar- no, I'd look, I, this is just my, uh, again, my opinion based on my research, you're going to see, uh, different attorneys. Um, practicing attorneys constitutional attorneys addressing this issue and you're going to see on both sides of this uh, answers that are conflicting but I don't believe a president can pardon himself <coughs> Nixon actually uh, Nixon had considered it but was discouraged not, not that almost sounds like I'm contradicting myself was discouraged I think it was by uh, by his advisors by, by perhaps even Kissinger However, there was that legal question: Is it possible for a president to pardon himself on the crimes? And then there is a question about: Well, can he pardon himself on crimes committed before he took office? But the bottom line is, I don't think, based on the, I don't, I don't know the
2: answer to that question with well, 100 degree. And degrees I, I asked that question degree. because you know, reading the comment sections of some of these um, different articles about the crimes of Hillary Clinton and what clinton knew and what obama knew and if somebody's going to be charged how can they go about you know getting out of the trouble a lot of people are, are saying that yes he can't be pardoned um, obama could pardon hillary and she could turn around and pardon um, him if he was if he she were to get elected now why would he need a pardon uh, he is implicated in some of these emails and right, he right. didn't lie uh, to the american people but i don't think that is a criminal act, and I don't think we'll ever see any of these people criminally charged. Um, but... Oh, uh, you know, whole, I, think they're, I think they're... You know what, Sean? I do think... And there I was mean, speculation, you know, too, or Sean Hannity said today on his radio show that um, all these Democratic leaders stopped following Hillary Clinton on Twitter. Right. Um, and, and even which, Doug... Doug uh, what's his name? Uh, Sean... I don't know, it's interesting, these people are able to do this, they're able to wipe out their history with, you know, all their keywords, uh, Hillary Clinton in them, um, and then unfollow people, and you might have to prove that they were, in fact, friends and following them in the first place to prove that they unfollowed them, but there is a lot of talk about, you know, something going on, and I know JD sent us an email, uh, and I heard Sean Hannity say it on the way over here that all these people stopped following her on Twitter, which, is that yeah. relevant?
1: Uh, well, I think, um, didn't Alex, wasn't Alex Jones talking about that? I didn't hear I, I it think Obama
2: that. had removed, um, or, or, the, or the story was. The story about Michelle Obama, I think, right. yesterday. Right. She deleted all her tweets related to Hillary Clinton back to 2013 or before that, 2012, I think. Um, we I read that during the show last night, and I wasn't able to confirm it. But now today they're saying all these people have unfollowed her and deleted their histories that have to do with her which people are then speculating and saying well this is going to this is an indicator of how severe the release of information is going to be against her even many people are speculating about an uh, a child trafficking ring that was uncovered through the emails keep your eyes on that if they had that on her would it would would they be able to release it would it take down all of Washington, D.C. and corporate America? Probably. It
1: would take it down so a heck, heck of a lot of would,
2: Republicans. Uh, I think it would take a lot more than politicians down. Yes, I agree. Um, and, and all I can say is Russ Dizdar, I know, has information. Yeah, so the child trafficking ring is something that there are There's little tidbits of information that's out there. Um, we only got a minute before the break. Just this last note until we uh, take our break and we come back with Dave from the X-22 report. Um, watch the Obamacare. Open enrollment for Obamacare, the Affordable Health Care Act, um, has problems, and there are significant rate hikes throughout different parts of the country as well as fewer plans to choose from as a number of insurance companies in different states are pulling out of the Obamacare market. Um, and some premiums are spiking more than 50% in t- states like Tennessee and other states. And um, this is something people are getting really nervous about this. And we will have more on this later. We'll be right back with Dave from the X22 Report, x22report.com. Go to that website, pull it up, and we'll be back right after these messages. Stay with us. Back, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We got a very interesting guest. We have Dave with the X twenty two report. X twenty two report.com. Dave has worked in the financial industry for many years. His main job was securing the systems from viruses and hackers and maintaining the trading system so the money flowed from system to system. Dave is the creator and owner of the X twenty two report. The X twenty two report is a daily show that covers issues surrounding the economic collapse, both financially and And uh, Geologically And folks you can go to x22report.com As well as he has a YouTube channel And uh, just go to x22report.com you can find all your Information there Uh, We have Dave with us now Dave welcome to The Hagman and Hagman Report Hey thank you very much for having me Thanks for coming on Um, There's a whole lot of stuff Going on in our Country and in our
3: world and uh, I want to ask you, where do you want to start tonight? Uh, I guess we can start with the economy. Um, uh, that's normally where I start. And we can see that the economy is definitely deteriorating. And I know a lot of people believe that the economy is recovered. Um, I know the central bank, the Fed, the uh, of course, the president told us that the economy is doing well. And if we don't believe it, uh, you're peddling fiction. But I do a a report Monday through Friday, and I look at all the economic indicators. I don't don't look at the stock market. I don't look at the manipulated uh, numbers that the government puts out there. I look at many different things. Um, I look at corporate defaults. I look at retail. I look at the contraction of manufacturing. Uh, rail traffic uh, trucking and many other economic indicators and what I do is I take all these different pieces and I put them together to try to figure out where we're headed and most of the time what I'm doing is tracking it day by day and sometimes it's very hard to see that the economy is failing because people are going about their normal everyday lives and they're looking at the stock market They're saying it's hitting all time new highs but when you really dig deep into the numbers, especially the numbers that the government has given you or the Fed has given you, you see the manipulation. You see their numbers really don't make sense. And everyone, I guess, realizes now that unemployment really makes no sense whatsoever um, where we have unemployment around 5%. Uh, there are many statisticians and others that look at these numbers and we know the calculations have changed. We know that people have fallen off the job market. And we can see right now that the manipulated numbers really go to the agenda of the U.S. government and the Fed, and that is to keep the illusion alive that the economy is doing well. But we can see that from economic indicators like, for instance, trucking. Trucking is continually declining. The consumer demand for products uh, is declining. We can see that retail is declining. We're seeing more stores close, more people get laid off. And as this continues, we can see why the economy is not doing as well as they're saying. Now, it's very difficult to understand if you're just watching the corporate media, you see the economy, you listen to them, and it seems like everything's fine. But then you start to talk to people. And you talk to different individuals and you find out that, well, wait a minute, if the economy is doing so well, I should be able to put out a resume and find a job very quickly and I shouldn't have any problems. And when people go and take their resume and put it out there, first of all, if they can find a job, uh, they can send the resume there. But if they send a resume, they are finding that they're not getting any answers from the companies they're sending it to. And what is happening is people are starting to realize and you only realize this when you actually lose a job because when you have a job you don't see any of it when you lose a job you start to realize and you wake up and you say wait a minute the economy is doing how well because I can't find a job right now and what I do is I look at all these different things and I put it together and you know take the pieces put the puzzle together And we try to figure out what is going on here. And when we track this day by day, you can see the deterioration of the economy every single day. And we're getting many different indicators letting us know that things are falling apart, like real disposable income. Well, that is falling. And since that's falling and people don't have jobs, retail isn't going to do as well as it should. And that's what we're seeing. I mean, that makes sense. Not what... The government and not what the fed is telling us. What they're telling us is that everything is improving. But when we look at what's really happening, we see no, it, it isn't. When we look at manufacturing, we see there's manufacturing jobs that don't exist anymore. I mean, we lost since 2008, I think about 1.4 million manufacturing jobs. They've been replaced with bartenders, waiters, part time work. And you can see this, it's an equal trade-off. 1.4 million manufacturing jobs lost, 1.4 million part-time jobs gained. And then we look at other indicators like the Dallas Fed manufacturing. Well, that's been contracting for 22 consecutive months. Do you know back in the Great Recession, it contracted for 24 consecutive months? So if this is a recovery it makes no sense because we're seeing either um, economic indicators that are equal to 2008 or much, much worse. You, you know, folks, we're,
1: we're, we're talking with Dave from the X-22 report. Um, the, uh, if I can just kind of back up just momentarily. Folks, one thing I like about Dave, about this gentleman, and I've followed his work for some time, uh Not that he needs any validation from me, but I, folks, you know we've had, we've had economists on, named and nameless. We've had people come on, but but Dave had worked in the, as as he said, the financial sector. I mean, New York City. He lived in New York. Nine Eleven. Lived there during the blackout, or lived in the Northeast during the blackout. I mean, he lived, he lived through. A lot of stuff, and then he lost uh he got laid off in two thousand eight, lost his job and, and made a change. but one thing that I've heard him say in fact, I think it's in it's in the bio or it's in the about is he realized that if we don't start doing something and saying stuff, you know we are going to just give over essentially our kids or grandkids to a system of enslavement now, I'm paraphrasing of course, but um and then when you look at for example the timelines that he's got and the information he puts out this stuff is really pertinent to each one of us so again i just wanted to interrupt you needlessly perhaps but just to say how much i appreciate your work we appreciate your work and i would urge everyone to go to x22report.com and uh listen to what dave's got to say on this on his uh Show his reports. Listen to his reports as well. Uh, but thank you for allowing me to do that. But but getting back to what you're saying about the numbers, about the, the uh, what, what, what did you say? It was the, I mean during the depression it was uh, the contraction of the uh, of the economy yeah, since,
3: for twenty four um, months. Yeah, yeah. For since two thousand eight, um, the Dallas Fed was in contraction for uh, twenty four months. During this recovery, it's been in contraction for 22 months. And, you know, from what the government tells us, what the Fed tells us, they're never going to tell us the truth. Uh, what I always say is whatever they're telling us, it's always the opposite. So if they're telling you it's good, it's really bad. If it's bad, then it's good. And you can see that from the bills they pass, uh, like the Patriot Act. I mean, there's nothing patriotism about that, that bill, the Affordable Care Act, um, there's nothing affordable about the Affordable Care Act. The USA Freedom Act, there's nothing free about the USA Freedom Act. And everything that they do, um, I've realized that it is always the opposite. And they always have many different agendas. Um, I mean, if we look at the uh, TTIP or CETA, and that's the Trans-Pacific uh, Partnership I mean, this is really not about trade. I, I know they're making it seem like this is about trade and open trade. It's going to help our economy. But there's something working underneath all of this. And when you look closely, you can see what it is. I mean, they don't want you to see what it is. But you can really see what they're trying to do. Now, everyone, I'm, I'm assuming everyone heard of um, the One World Government They want to have one world government, a one currency. They want control. And when you look at our government today and you look at the central banks today, you can see they're on their way. And people say, well, how do you see this? I I don't understand what you're saying. Well, if you, you really need to look closely and put all the pieces together. For one, we know that the Internet was passed to the U.N., now the UN is a global body that governs many nations. Well, it doesn't really govern, but it makes certain laws, certain things you need to follow. So right now they moved the ownership of the internet and who handles the internet to the UN, which has different laws than the United States and, and, di- and a different agenda. Then you look at the creation of currency. Well, who has the creation of currency? Well, it's the Fed, it's the ECB, it's the IMF, and Bank of Japan. And what they're doing right now is they're combining all of this and they're going to have one currency. It's actually already in the works. And it's, people might have heard of it, it's uh, the SDRs. Now, What they're trying to do is they want control of information, which is the Internet. Now, just because they received the Internet doesn't mean they're going to start making laws right away. They don't work that way. They do it very slowly, very methodically, and it's almost like if you're paying taxes way back back to, I guess, 1913 – they said okay we're going to just tax the wealthy people said yes and they always make it seem like it's good for you it's we're going after the wealthy so you don't have to worry and everyone agrees with it everyone says yes let's let's do this and what happens is people say okay yes tax the wealthy and then a couple years later they're going to tax the upper middle class and then a couple years later they'll tax the middle class the lower middle class and before you know it everyone's taxed this is what they do over time they're very patient and they do this over time. So we passed the Internet, and now we're at the stage where they're moving to a completely new monetary system, and I call it the transition. Uh, you can call it the collapse. You can call it whatever you want, but we are moving away from the dollar. The dollar is pretty much done. And the people that I have spoken to, they have said, yes, the dollar will no longer exist um, we're moving to a completely different currency. The reserve status of the dollar will become a local currency, and there's going to be many different changes, and the changes are going to hurt. So what we see is they're taking control of the global currency. They've taken control of the UN, and then you have CETA and then the TTIP or the TPP. And behind all of this, they have something called the Investor State Dispute Settlement. Now, that is a corporate court system where this lays above sovereign governments. And this is why there's such a pushback with CETA, because CETA and TTIP, they both go together. And CETA also has a court system called the Investment Court System. So with these two court systems where they're making these deals with the European Union and all the countries and they want everyone to join, what they're really doing is they're taking this court system and saying, okay, whatever we say goes. And each of the countries can't say anything. They override the governments. So then you step back and you take a look and you say, okay, wait a minute. They're going to have an investor dispute uh, settlement court. They're going to have an investment court system. And these are going to control the governments and what they do. They're going to actually start making laws that they'll have to follow. And if the countries object, well, they go to the court system. And, of course, who are these court systems going to rule in favor of? Well, it's not going to be the government. It's not going to be the people. And Hmm. this is how they're slowly maneuvering and taking control of the of all these different governments. Now, Russia, China, they're not included in this. A lot of the BRIC nations are not included in this. This is the private Western Central Bank countries. So right now, the the UN has the Internet. They're working on a global currency, and they're trying to take control of the court system. So at a very high level here, you can see how slowly and how methodically they're working to get what they want. Now it might not be like, you know, what everyone thought it was going to be where they were going to have, you know, this one government and they were going to be controlling everyone. Everyone was going to be in chains walking down, um, you know, a pathway to the, uh, corporations. That's not how they work it. They make it seem like this is a good thing for everyone. And eventually what's going to happen, and you can see it already, how they're using political correctness, how they're using, um, the uh, common core to educate our next generation of children to think that rights are privileges and you can see how they're putting all this together. Now a lot of people don't pick this up because everyone looks at it and says, "Oh, common core that's good for our children, oh yes political correctness, you have to be nice to everyone, but when you start doing these things, you start chipping away at the rights of the people and this is what they've been working on for a very, very long time and you can see it's all coming out now and as we move down the path uh this is just going to get worse it's it's not going to get better especially when we do this transition into a new currency because back in 1971 i think everyone realizes this that we when we came off the gold standard that was the beginning of the fiat system where um everybody said okay you know, we're coming off the gold system. It's because of speculators. It'll be temporary. And, of course, we know it wasn't temporary. But Nixon, that was the beginning uh, of the system.
1: Yeah, Nixon's Sunday night announcement where everyone was hacked off because they interrupted, what, Bonanza or Ponderosa? As opposed right. to, you know, what we... So, so okay, all right. I, I, mm-hmm. but, but the mechanics of this uh, in, into this global currency... What do you do? I mean, and I don't mean to get get ahead of you or or take it out of sync here, but I mean, what what happens? The the U.S. currency, U.S. dollar, fails or, or loses its value, uh, and then we in turn uh, they in turn supply us with with SDRs um, in in place of or in lieu of the dollar. Or I mean, how, how, mechanically, how would that work?
3: Well, this is this is how from everyone that I've been speaking to. Um, This is how this is going to work. First of all, the SDRs are not for the people. The SDRs will be traded and controlled by the countries or corporate investors. Then they will have a local currency for the people, and the local currency will be devalued. Right now, Maybe you know, maybe you don't know. We are in the Middle East. I should say the U.S. government, central bankers, I call them one and the same. It's it's a fascist regime. They are in the Middle East, and they've been trying to prop up the petrodollar as long as they possibly, you know, as long as they could do it. They, They had a plan, and, of course, these people are not gods. They're just individuals. Most of them are morons, and these plans don't always work out. So they're in the Middle East and they are trying to capture Syria. They have Sudan right now, well, half of it at least. They have Libya, well, that's falling apart. They have Lebanon, that's falling apart. They have Iraq, that's falling apart. What's happening is we had regime change in all of these countries and it was for a purpose of keeping the dollar on oil because our system operates with the petrodollar so other countries they have the petrodollar the dollar in their reserves they use it to buy oil and this is how our system has been working right now what's happening is their plan was to get into Syria and then eventually Iran and their plan isn't going going very well actually is not going the way they thought it was gonna happen And their plan is falling apart. And what they have to do now is they need to go back into each one of these countries. So as each of these countries, the people who are rising up, say, you know what, we don't want the United States in here. We don't want to use the dollar. Well, if this does happen, which it's happening in Libya, in Iraq, everyone believes that the United States is bringing all these troops in for the Islamic State. Well, that's not what they're doing. They're actually fighting the people in Iraq who want the puppet government out. Same thing's happening in Lebanon, same thing's happening in Sudan, same thing's happening in U- in Yemen. And as the petrodollar starts to fall apart, crumble, what that means is all those dollars across the ocean are going to come flooding back to the United States. And they know this is going to happen. They know that with Russia in Syria, this is a huge problem because they can't complete their plan. And they know... They're at a standstill. They're back against the wall here. So what's going to happen is the IMF is going to eventually um, transition us into a new currency system. And they're going to do it here in the United States, in Canada, throughout Europe, and they're going to combine a lot of the central banks because we can see in the European Union – We have so much debt right now. These systems, they can't continue on. It's not sustainable. It's impossible. We're in negative interest rates. They're buying corporate bonds. They're buying treasuries. They're buying everything they possibly can just to keep it stable. I I make it like a patient who is on life support. There's no brain function. Um, Life support is working, but the body is deteriorating slowly but surely. Because if you notice, since 2008... The economy really hasn't gone anywhere. If you look at the European Union, I mean, unemployment, if you really look at the graph, it's pretty much the same. Actually, in some places, is much worse. They haven't improved anything. Actually, they're using a lot of the tricks that the United States uses, where if people fall off, they just don't count them. So what they're going to do right now is they're going to have the government's investment companies. They will handle the SDRs, the people of each country, We'll get a local currency. And what's going to happen here is we're going to see massive inflation, which is going to de- devalue the dollar. And as the dollar devalues, people are going to get very upset. We're going to see a huge number of jobs that are going to be lost. We're going to see uh, people very angry. The banks will shut down, and this is why they created the bail-in documents. Everyone is wondering... Why back during Cyprus did they do that? Well, it's for this purpose, um, where that's a, that's the people in point. Cyprus, yeah, yeah, the, the the people in Cyprus they were bailed in because there were no bailouts. The same thing's going to happen here. You will not be able to get your funds out of the bank. It will be impossible. They will close it down at a time. Of course, they're going to tell you it's temporary. That they'll make up some excuse of why this is all happening, and. They're gonna start transitioning us. And if you remember back in nineteen seventy one, we were going through a transition then. This is when we couldn't when they were putting us on the petrodollar system and they told us there was shortage of gas. I mean if uh people out there remember, you know, the odd Uh, and even plates, the green flag, the red flag. Yep. And I remember that very, very clearly um when I went with my parents to the gas station and that was a transition to the petrodollar system. Um, and when we went through that transition, there was very high unemployment um, back in the 70s. There was inflation, but wages went up with inflation, and it was a tough time during that period. Now, that was a start of a new fiat system. So that was the beginning of a system where there was really not that much debt. We're on the opposite side now. We're on the side where it's done. Where we have a huge amount of debt, interest rates are zero or negative, wages are declining, and people are losing jobs. So if you thought the 70s was kind of tough, this is going to be a complete disaster. And the U.S. government, the central banks, they've been preparing the United States for this. And people say, what do you mean by this? What do you mean preparing well, there's many different agendas for bringing in refugees, and I have nothing against people coming into this country. You follow the procedures, you come in, but they realized that they needed third-world individuals in this country. And I hate to say that, but that's that's what they they needed in here. And why did they need this? Well, if you read certain sections of the TTIP and these trade agreements – what they're going to do is they're going to bring in third world workers into this country and pay them third world wages. So having a, an American worker work in a factory compared to an individual that came from another country and that individual is getting, let's just say $2 an hour. The U.S. worker will not be able to compete. What they're doing right now is they're preparing our country for this third world type of um, uh, environment. And because they realize once this happens, we are no longer going to be the reserve currency. The Fed will not be printing any more money. We'll be using local currency. It will be devalued probably anywhere from 60 to 70%. And things are going to be very rough in the beginning. And it's going to be very very different here in america and we can see that again wow dave uh you are
1: casting an entire I, you are casting this this so-called refugee uh immigration alien invasion situation in an entirely different light than anyone else Has at least that we've spoken with on air here. I've heard this before. In fact, I think it's sourced to you as well. Folks, you're not going to want to miss what Dave is going to say next. Understand, uh, I mean, this is the real, solid, bottom-line information. Our guest is Dave, x22report.com. Follow him. Uh, Bookmark that website. We are so, so lucky to have him tonight. Folks, we're going to be back three minutes on the other side with Dave. Stay right where you're at. folks, thank you so much for tuning in the Hagman and Hagman Report, coming to you live from our radio and television studios here in located in uh, northwest Pennsylvania. We're so lucky to have with us Dave from x22report.com. In fact, go to x22report.com and uh, take a listen to uh, uh, the Petrodollar System is Coming to an End, episode 1116 or 1116. And that's critical information there. In fact, all of the information on his website is critical information. Support this guy, okay? He, he, and I'll tell you something. He is, uh, the information he's giving us is critical. And before the break, we're talking about the refugees. We're going to be getting back to that momentarily. I just want to give a, our, our listening audience, I was notified today, take advantage of this, folks. This is perhaps, I mean, this is a fantastic gift to all of us. Greenovative, you heard me talk about green innovative. It's a small company in Florida who created the g mag power cell that produces electricity by adding salt water. You know you can charge batteries the cell phone whatever just using salt water and uh the it's a it's a what the super g mag battery recharger is they they've got the, it's a battery charger that has uh operates with the uh, magnesium power pucks and just salt water that's it you can charge uh six. 1,000 milliamp hour double A or AAA rechargeable batteries in about three hours, and they use a pair of. Power pucks, and you can reuse those up to twenty times. And this, you don't need the sun, you don't need the wind, or a hand crank. All you need is just a little ordinary table salt, about t- t- two teaspoons. Uh, that's all you need, a little water. Shake for a few seconds. The unit instantly makes electricity. This is the neatest thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, it's it's a fantastic, a fantastic unit. It's affordable. It's lightweight, weighs about eight ounces. Durable, EMP proof, environmentally friendly. This will provide safe and convenient power for charging up to six AAA, AA batteries off the grid anywhere, anytime, any weather, day or night. It's got an indefinite shelf life. It'll charge unlimited number of batteries. All you have to do is replace the power pucks. We have it. We've used it. We've tried it. We have been, we've just, we've loved it. And you know something? Even better. Hagman and Hagman listeners, now listen carefully. Right now, starting right now, you get 10% off your entire order all you have to do is use the coupon code Hagman, H-A-G-M-A-N-N. Folks, go to GreenEvative.com, GreenEvative.com, or go to HagmanReport.com. Click on the link to GreenEvative. But important thing, 10% off your entire order by using the promo or discount code Hagman. And uh, remember, it's not too early to order for Christmas. Your dad, your husband would be absolutely, or your sister, whoever, family member, get this product. It is fantastic. I love it. We love it here at the Hagman Studios. GreenInnovative dot com. That's GreenInnovative dot com. Ten percent with the use of Hagman promo code. Now, our, our guest is Dave from the X Twenty Two Report. Dave, you were saying before the break. I think this is so critical because I've heard this and source to you. I, I believe the refugees coming into this country. Uh, please continue with this because I think what I think what you are going to say next is. Critical for everyone to
3: understand if I'm following this properly. Well, I just want to back up for a sec here. And when people hear these refugees coming in and Obama coming up and saying, you know, we have to let the refugees in, uh, we really need to understand why are there refugees? Where are they coming from? And they're, most of them are coming from Syria, Libya, <laughs> Lebanon, Yemen. They're coming from all these areas. And you have to say, well, why are they coming from these areas? Well, it's because the United States government is in these countries creating war. And there was a UN report where it stated that the sanctions that the United States placed on Syria was having a, a terrible effect on the people in Syria where they couldn't get supplies, credit wasn't flowing, They couldn't get food, and especially with the war going on in Syria, they decided, you know something, we can't stay in this country. So when the United States government comes out and says, oh, we must take these refugees, people must ask the question, where are they coming from and why are these refugees here? What's going on here? And it's all caused from the United States government Invading each one of these countries, ousting the elected government and putting in a puppet government in each one of these countries to prop up the petrodollar. Not for the people of the United States. When they prop this up, it's for their system. Their system makes them a lot of money. And their system hurts the people of the United States. And what we're seeing right now is they are preparing the United States for a third world type of country. And you can see this by the number of refugees coming into the country because if you really think about this, when Obamacare came out and he lifted the uh, penalty to corporations, the, normally the corporations would have to pay $3,000 or so for an employee who uh, I think doesn't have insurance. But the undocumented undocumented um, illegal alien... They could hire that person, and the penalty didn't happen. They were, you know, uh, they, they didn't get the penalty. So they were able to get around that type of uh, uh, thing in the Affordable Care Act. So what we're seeing right now, the refugees have many different agendas, and there, there is certain reasons why they're bringing them in. But the main reason is to take over for the American worker. Because the American worker, we've been used to a certain way of life. We've been used to making a certain dollar amount. And other individuals, they're used to making a lot less, living on a lot less. And we can see from everything that they've been doing, slowly but surely, they are preparing us. Now, when is this transition going to happen? Well, from everything that I've been looking at and from all the indicators that I've been researching, I feel that we're getting very, very close. And I use the indicator of what's happening in the Middle East as one of my gauges here, and the economy all combined, because everything is all tied into one thing. It's not like, oh, we're in the Middle East. Oh, we're out in Ukraine. Oh, we're out in the South China Sea. All of this is connected. And we see many different things happening all at once. And every time we go through A major, major type of economic crisis. We usually have some type of war. And I know people have heard me say war quite a bit, but from everything that I've been following, and I remember when I've been, uh, I was tracking the military troops, the military assets around the world. People were telling me, no, you're out of your mind. There's no way we're heading to war. They're just moving you know, military equipment, they're just moving troops. But today you can see it very, very clearly, and it's very difficult when you're following it every single day to see what's happening. It's much easier, of course, once it has happened, to look back in time and say, oh, yes, now I see everything. But I wanted to track it every single day so we understand how these things happen. Because most of the time we just look back in history and say, okay, this happened, that happened, this happened, now I get it. But when you're living it, because we're living it right now, and when you're living it, many people don't see it. Many people are so stuck in the system that they can't see outside of the system. But when we look at what's happening here, you can see the United States government, the central bank, they've been preparing for this war for a couple of years now. They've been moving military assets into Eastern Europe, into... Um, the Baltic states. They've been moving military assets throughout Africa. They've been moving it throughout the Middle East. They've been surrounding China, encircling China. And we can see right now they're using the freedom of navigation, which the United States never signed. And China continually says, you know something, all you need to do is talk to us. Instead of sailing your warships around these islands, just talk to us. Well, Duderte in the Philippines, well, he, he's been pushing back and saying, you know, something, I want the United States out of my country. We don't need them, but the United States wants to be in there. It's a strategic location for the encirclement of China. And Duderte went to China, spoke to the president there, and they can now sail their fishing ships in the South China Sea, no problem. But all of this has nothing to do with freedom of navigation. The wars have nothing to do with freedom and democracy. Everything that we're seeing has to do with the central bank, with the petrodollar, with what is coming. And they've been preparing and provoking these nations as best they can. This is the example that I usually use so people can understand. Um, everyone who's been in school understands you walk down the hallways, you know, maybe in high school, and a bully walks by you, pokes you one day, you keep walking next day he walks by you, he pokes you again, you keep walking, and you're getting angry, you know, you're getting poked every day. Two, three, four, five days go by, he's continually poking. One day you, you decide, you know something, I'm not going to take this anymore. Next time this guy walks down the hall, I'm going to hit him. So, the guy, the bully's walking down the hall, and he walks up to him and hits him in the head, and he falls down. Teacher's run out, and they see this. This kid, just out of nowhere, hit another kid. Now, who's responsible? Is it the kid that just hit the bully, or is it the bully? Because every day, he was poking him and provoking him. Teachers didn't see this. They only saw what happened. This is what the United States government, the central bank, is doing around the world. They are provoking each of these nations. For example, in North Korea, I know everyone says, "Oh, you know, he's a crazy man. North Korea is crazy. They're going to be firing their nuclear weapons at us." Just for a second, think about it. Why would North Korea launch a ballistic missile if they actually have one that can that can uh, launch? Why would they do this and hit the United States? How? Let's say they get one off. And it hits, you know, somewhere on the East coast or on the West coast, wherever they can, wherever they can get it to go. Right. If it hits, how long do you think North Korea would last in a nuclear exchange? They would be completely obliterated. It, it would not even be a match. So right. why in the world? What would be their motive to do this? There really wouldn't be. And what we're seeing right now is a buildup to convince people that they're about to do something. And they need to do this. They need to convince the public that something big is going to happen, and it's not because of the United States. It's because maybe it's Russia. Maybe it's North Korea. Maybe it's Syria. Maybe it's Iran. Maybe it's another one of these countries. Because eventually what's going to happen is they're going to have to explain why we're doing this transition, because think about what they've done already. They've been telling us that we have recovered. Obama has told us that, hey, if you don't believe me, you're peddling fiction. The economy's doing fine. The central bank has been saying that we're almost near recovery. Everything looks really good. We're going to be raising interest rates very, very soon. They've been telling us this lie for quite a while. If all of a sudden... The economy crashes. Everyone points their finger at the government and the central bank. They don't want this to happen. They don't want to be blamed for this entire economic crisis. They're going to blame it on something else. Now, this is a big one compared to 1971. Back then, they blamed it on speculators. They blamed it on other things occurring, even though behind the scenes, they were really working on the petrodollar deal. Now, we're at the end of the system, and they're going to have to explain it since they've been telling us that we're in this recovery. And the only way to get around this, and I do believe they're going to have um, an event like an event that we've never seen before. Yes, the 9-11 was pretty darn bad, but this event, it has to be really convincing. It has to rattle the core of Americans to force them to go to war. Because when all this happens at once, war and the economic crisis, because even if we have war, we're still going to have the economic crisis, but it's a lot easier to cover up and explain away when you're having war because you have people distracted. And they will have the ability to do the transition during this period. And we can see already with Russia... With the other countries, they've been preparing for this for quite a while. And I do believe that we have a perfect storm coming up right now with the elections, with the economy deteriorating, with the problems in the Middle East, because right now, once Russia and, uh, Syria push the Islamic State completely out of the country, retake Aleppo, retake most of the country, the United States in that area The only reason they're in Syria was to say, uh, we're going after terrorism. Well, the United States supports terrorism. I know people, it's hard to believe. They support Al Qaeda. They support Al Nusra. They support Al Sham. They support the Islamic State. And once the Islamic State is wiped out, and Russia knows this because Russia has brought two subs with cruise missiles into the Mediterranean. They have their battle group in the Mediterranean. They understand the United States. For some reason, these neocons, whatever you're going to call them, neocons, globalists, elite, central bankers, they have a one-track mind. And for some reason, they always want to try to get to their goal. And their goal in Syria is to get rid of Assad, then go into Iran. And if you really, I'll just segue here. If you really think about what they did with the P5 plus 1 deal, where they said, oh, this is about peace and having Iran not have nuclear weapons and we're going to have inspectors. Well, really think about why did they do that? Why did they allow Iran to have the nuclear reactors, have inspectors come in and promise not to create nuclear weapons? Because the United States government, it does not go into countries that have a nuclear presence. That's why they can't go into, that's why they're not going into North Korea. That's why they just don't go and have regime change there. So they cleared the way and this was done on purpose. So after Syria, they'd be able to get into Iran. They have no nuclear weapons because they're being inspected. They're being looked at. Russia and all the other countries agreed on this P5 plus one deal. That is why they did this. I mean, there's another agenda also. They were hoping that they wouldn't have to go into Iran. And what they did was, they said, "Okay, listen, we will release the money that we've been keeping from you. It's their money, anyhow." I mean, everyone makes a really big deal about this money. I mean, he delivered it on pallet. Obama delivered the money on pallets to have uh, hostages released. But in reality, it was their money that we kept. But, but what that was from the, right? the, 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 yes, the, from the sanctions, right? Yes, from the sanctions. All the right. sanctions—they were—it was all being held. All right. But when you, what they were hoping to do was, they were hoping that they would be able to get, bring the IMF in, bring it into the central bank, and have their oil um, being sold using the petrodollar. And when Iran did, they said, "Well, we're not going to use the petrodollar. We're going to use the euro instead." And eventually, they were going to switch to either the yuan or the ruble. And what we see. Happening right now, all of this is pre-planned, and they always make it seem like, you know, they're doing it for the betterment of the world. They're doing it for the betterment of the people, but really, it's the betterment of their agenda, and that's why they didn't want Iran to eventually develop a nuclear weapon. Okay, we'll it, a complete stop it, it, on this.
1: I don't mean. Uh, s- sorry for interrupting. Uh, no, okay. no, is the there's talk about the guitar Turkey natural gas pipeline, um, Saudi Arabia, Turkey, Jordan, um, Qatar, the, the pipeline that they want to run through Syria, the natural gas pipeline. is that have
3: anything to do with what you're, what you're referencing, or is that something different? Well, that's why we're, I mean, they wanted to run this pipeline through um, Syria. That's why they went to Assad, I think it was 2011, and they said, listen, we want to build a pipeline through Syria up to Europe, and he rejected that and said, I'm going with Iran. Um, we're going to be building a pipeline. And, yes, that's that's how this all got started. Okay, um, Okay. good. So. Th-
1: thank you. I, I didn't mean to take you off your stride there, but I, I, I've been doing a lot of research on this, the uh, Nabucco pipeline and the uh, Islamic pipeline, the Qatar-Turkey pipeline. And, uh, in fact, it goes back to 2000, I believe it was. Uh, even back then, uh, There were there were messing around with it but yes uh, uh, more recently 2011 when, when Assad said uh-uh yeah we're not going to do, do yeah. it this way we're going to go with uh, Iran that's when the uh, fighters went into Syria and, and the yeah, that's destabilization when I, process yeah okay okay good good Again, stride. the other question I had and we, we're getting uh, in fact we, we've got listeners from all over the world the uh, United States all, but we've got some people from Europe asking uh um, as well, that when you mentioned about the, the uh, refugees or the uh, uh, the illegals coming into the United States, and they're asking the same about uh, Europe, but in specifically here in the U.S., where are the middle class factory workers going to go? I mean, why uh, you had mentioned about the refugees influx here in the United States um, when you had mentioned that. To 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 work at the factory jobs, the menial jobs that the Americans won't do, or or that is that segment of the population going to be committed to soldiering, we'll say, or is there something worse than the offing for the for the population?
3: From the information that I have, is they needed the refugees in the country in the beginning because if you really think about this, if we went if we go through this transition and your the currency is devalued and you say listen i'm going to be paying you a dollar 10 now to work most people say i'm not doing this um, i'm not this is ridiculous i was making you know 25 dollars before i'm not making a dollar 10 now i can't live the way i want to live and during this transition they needed these people to work until americans Get used to um, get used to the new system, because most of the people here in the U.S. We're, they're going to be extremely angry. I know a lot of people that are so stuck in the system they cannot see anything else but this system. And when you the banks closed, when they tell you you can't take your currency out of the bank. When they say we're going to be devaluing, well, they won't say it that way. Um, They'll make up some story of why the currency is worth less and things are getting very expensive because we're going to see a lot of things happen all at once because as you devalue the currency, the prices of goods goes up and people are going to be extremely upset. People are not going to have jobs. We're going to go through this Change, and if you remember back in the '70s when the Fiat system was first introduced, I remember a lot of relatives that were completely out of work. they could not find work at all, but the difference there was they had to they they, they needed inflation, and at the same time, wages had gone up. I mean, I remember my father back in the '70s who was making five thousand dollars a year. they bought a twenty five thousand dollar house. Now, after we went off the gold standard a couple of years later, things changed. The house then all of a sudden was worth twenty five thousand dollars and instead of him making five thousand dollars a year, all of a sudden he was up to say fifteen or twenty thousand dollars a year. So back then, oh everything worked out. everyone felt good. this is a good system. It's not happening the same way because we're at the the end part of it where what's happening is. Wages are declining. If you notice on the corporate media, the Fed, they're continually telling us that wages are declining. They're declining and they're, they're saying there's no inflation, but we see inflation everywhere. Um, we see inflation in natural food. We see inflation with homes. We see inflation with other products. And what's happening is your wages are declining now, but there is inflation. And if we see more inflation, Wages are not going to be going up. They're going to be going the opposite way because as the dollar is devalued, it's going to continually head downward, and as it's being replaced, it's going to turn into a nightmare scenario, and I think the refugees are a temporary gap fill to help the country through this transition period, and eventually, when everyone adjusts and everyone calms down, how long will this be? It might be a couple months. It might be six months. It all depends because I I can see it in big cities. And this is why we see um, the police right now. Everyone's like, well, why are they in military garb? Why are they getting um, military equipment? They, again, have been preparing for this. The federal government, the central bank, their ultimate goal is to control everything. They don't want separate cities, separate Towns handling everything. That's why the education system is from the federal government down. The police forces are going to be from the federal government down by giving them grants and and um, and, and equipment. They will end up controlling them, and they're going to use these forces for what they need them to do. And it's, they're going to need them to control what is about to happen. And we can see we're getting very very close. To this time period and um, the only thing that um, people should really do right now is if you already own hard assets, keep your hard assets. If you have gold and silver, keep gold and silver. Um, the paper money, I would keep someplace safe, not in the banks because you will not be able to access it. Um, I would have food, water, things like that because when this hits it's it's going to be a shock to the system they're tr- they're going to try to make it as what was the word pleasant as possible as yeah, painless as possible david yeah. not mean to cut you off um
2: we only got about 45 seconds left x22report.com uh where can people find you on youtube x22report uh, all you have
3: to do is yep just type in x22report or x22report spotlight i do interviews with different individuals We'd love to have you
2: back. This was a fantastic interview. You're and the man. i got to tell you, a lot of people,
1: a lot of requests to have you on, and you certainly don't disappoint. That's right. Thank
2: Thanks, you, Dave. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Uh, Thanks for coming on. it. has been our pleasure. All right. Wow. That's Dave from the X22Report.com. We'll be right back after these short messages from with Stan Dale. Stay with us. to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're in our third and final hour, and each and every Tuesday in our third hour, we are joined by Stan Deo from com. Go bookmark Stan's website. There you can get all of his and Holly's uh, latest books, recent interviews, news content, and the show images site that Stan's puts together for his appearances on this show, The Hagman and Hagman Report. Stan, it's great to have you back on, and I was checking out your show Images page, and I know right where I want to start whenever uh, we're done with the introduction and anything you want to say. Welcome to the show.
0: Good to be back again, alive and well. Looks like we're in a week of very interesting things.
1: You know, Stan, for the life of me, I I was trying to find something to talk about. I, I got nothing. I got nothing. Nothing? Nothing. No news. I mean you think, eh, it's just boring.
0: No, You're just pulling kidding. my leg, I can tell.
1: <laughs> Brother, have you ever seen anything like this?
0: No, i mean, tell you what. Hey, in fact, I was so impressed with all the stuff going on, it reminded me of the, the movie with um, Burt Lancaster, so black and white years ago. Uh, was it five days or seven days in May, something like that? Do you remember it Oh, seven yeah, Seven days yeah. in May, when the
1: Yeah. What the heck? Well, That's right. In honor that was, of that...
0: In honor of that, at the very top of the show image page, first line, you see a little yellow line. It simply says, seven products for seven days in November in honor of the seven days movie because it's that time of uh, uh, the American history, I think, when we're going to see something very weird happen. So uh, if you click on that, it'll take you to a page, and we have seven products, seven of our products that are all at 25% off if people use the code that I'm going to give you right now. The, it's like a coupon code. It's twenty seventeen Trump. That's next year when he takes office. So two zero one seven capital T R U M P, lowercase. So twenty seventeen Trump. And if they put that in, having listened to your show, they'll get those discounts on those products. Now back to the real stuff. Okay. It's rock. What do you, thank you want to you, by the start? Way, for
1: well, I I'm gonna to have to go to my safe place now that you mentioned Trump.
2: So. Well, I saw something on your website, on your show images page, Stan. That uh, Eric and I, Eric the tech and I, watched here in the studio, and I kind of went over a few times and saw it from two different angles. Number seven, the ring clown and trumpet sounds over Jerusalem. This happened right. maybe three weeks ago. I think I saw the video maybe a month ago. Yeah, yeah, and
0: early. I, mean, I think it was October the first
2: to the sixth, somewhere in there. And folks, if you're listening on Global Star or on Blog Talk Radio, go to standeo.com. go to the show images page. It's to the right of the microphone on, on the right-hand side of the website, if you scroll down a little bit. And number seven, uh, and there you can find this interesting video of a a ring cloud and a sound sounding like a trumpet over Jerusalem. Now, this was taken by two separate camera angles and I don't know I haven't clicked on your link yet Stan but I saw this uh, two videos from people who posted this on YouTube cuz people were saying this was a CGI event a computer uh what is CGI computer graphics initiated event that this wasn't real interface computer
0: yeah I don't believe that I don't believe it for a minute I'll tell you what it is real um, and there are a number of things because, as you said, there are two different uh, views of that, two different re- uh, video recordings. And um, they um, have uh, just a second here. Let me just get back over here where I want to be. Uh, I want to have a look at that uh, thing while we're talking about it. Uh, that image that I've got there, if you click on the the actual image of that uh, ring cloud over Jerusalem. It'll take you to the best, uh, highest resolution crisp shot of that or video of that effect uh, that I found on the uh, internet. Um, It's easier when you've got a high-res image to see if they've been fiddling it a bit and I don't think that that's a fiddle. There's just no signs of any green screen or, you know, chroma key drop-ins or anything, especially from two different angles. Now, the event can be explained as a rain cloud. You'll see over to the right of that images 8 and 9. Uh, in image 9, if you go to that page, it will explain...
2: and so the while well you say that there is a, a scientific a scientific explanation for the uh, ring cloud uh, the shape of the the clouds and the formation of the circles there is not an explanation for the sounds to coincide with the Yeah. Now, one thing I noticed um, about the the Jerusalem video, and I guess I looked at the Tunisia video. I have to look at it again. Was inside the ring of this cloud, right around where you know the the ring of clouds start and stop, the width of it in the circle. It looks when, when they scrolled in on it, it looks like it's um, almost glowing a different color, if you, if that makes sense, and almost like it's sparkling.
0: Are Does you talking com- about?
2: Talking about the video at number eight, on number seven. um and I, oh! oh. I believe Actually, it's right the, towards the end, near where the sound comes in, where they it, get it kind of close. up an
0: point, though. Look, look at the cloud there, and look at the clouds in the you know uh, eight and nine images. You'll see that the the outer ring, the, the outer rim of that circle that's cut into the cloud, uh is rather stable. It's uh, formed, it's not distorting. But the one over Jerusalem, it looked as though it was streaming in from the outer ring into the center. Is that kind of what you're talking about?
2: That, and there was a, once there was like a color change on the video I saw, and it was very brief, and it looked like almost a, I don't know how to explain it, like a rainbow of colors that was coming out of the clouds that was being, like you said, not from the outer core, but from the inner core, almost being sucked in
0: yeah and and look at this thing over Jerusalem. I mean, uh, where's the rest of the cloud formation? It was a lonely cloud or something I mean, um you know it's not part of a long stretched cloud like anywhere else. It is unique. I mean, there's clouds in the background, so the thing's happening over uh Jerusalem but um you know this is just a very unique thing. I'm looking for that uh Last frame for color changes, like you're talking about. Are you talking yeah, about no, right in the center? It,
2: it must be a separate the the second video I saw. There must be that that other video must be the what really looks um, in here. I think I found it. I'm not sure. Um, I'll email this to you.
0: All right, I'll, I'll uh, pick it up. Have a look at it.
2: Uh, this one, other one's a minute thirty-five. And I'm sure yeah, from this a different one is angle a second
0: so it had more was it from the other angle on the other side?
2: I'm not sure I'm gonna look at it right now. um, All but right, I know I saw right. two of these videos uh when they first came out because I, I thought the same thing you know that this was this could be some kind of trick from the a videographer, but there were two different vantage points, so yeah, I'll email this to you. I think this is the one. here okay okay I'm just typing yeah this is the one the very first um, hmm, the very first 30 seconds it kind of shows that that hue it's like a pink rainbow color hue that almost is pixelated in the clouds there it's very interesting have you emailed Um, it to me uh, just sent it off okay and I'm not sure if they, got, they put the two videos together. It looks like it's from two separate angles. Um,
0: right. Okay, I've got it here. I'm uh, looking at it now. And it but like you a,
2: said, the, the cloud formation um, in Jerusalem is so different from the one in Tunisia or the other one because there's no exi- you know, uh, connecting cloud cover yeah that, yeah. that would create the circle.
0: Okay, now I'm in the first 17 seconds. And see how, yeah, how it's streaming, how the clouds are just tearing into the center type thing?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: you could say that that's things condensing, but from where? From what? I mean, oh, yeah, I see that. And just before the building comes up, it kind of changes colors. at the one you're talking about?
2: Yeah, yeah. And it looks All a little right, different than just normal clouds. Um, it, it kind of had like a, a glow to it, if you will, inside that ring uh, where the clouds were coming from. It looked like, almost yeah. like a pinkish glow. Maybe that's the sun. I'm not sure. Um. Uh, but that was something that struck my eye the first time I watched it.
0: Over, uh, what does that say down in the corner there? Uh, DV something X. Can you see what that says in the little right-hand corner of that uh, frame? It's a pink logo of some sort.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, hold on. Um
0: DVX Media.
2: Uh. Yeah, uh, either either a D or a, a C-O-M-B.
0: Media, like a professional company. c m b X-Media.
2: Yeah, see, c- Com Media it looks like. C-O-M-B. Yeah. Or there, C-M-B-X-Media. It's the channel of the YouTube. Ah, uh, right. C-M-B-X-Media.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, if you go down, you know, what, about... 49 seconds down there and look up at the sky again, it just shows you there's just nothing there to condense. And the only thing I can think of is that the water vapor is so, the, the humidity is so uh, low in the sky over Jerusalem because it's dry, that maybe, maybe it's just condensing it out of a very thin layer of water that you can see through. Because the center of that ring has got a ton of, like, cloud, but it's not falling down. It's like Berger rain almost. It's, it forms it, falls down below it, but then it becomes like a normal cumulus type cloud. Strange, isn't it?
2: Yeah, definitely strange, and uh, it's still a mystery to me. Uh,
0: well, it's dynamic, you know, it's yeah. moving. And to me, that that's a special kind of, you know, ring... Uh, formation, you know, a drop ring that the lord is in control of because it draws your attention to all these filaments going in there. It's an it's an exceptional drop ring video of all the drop rings that we can see and there's only about five or six I found on the internet. So to me, I as I said to start with it, it's a sign to me. I accept that it's a uh, pay attention this is a, this is Jerusalem, you know. And mm-hmm. anyway, yes. Interesting. If you go to those um, other uh, uh, images, you know, 8 and 9 there is where I give you, you know, the examples the other, and people can look at that. While we're on Israel, look at the image 6. Right. That is an inscription in Arabic on an ancient uh, Muslim mosque. They think they've dated it to the 10th century A.D., um, But in it, it uses terminology that was used for, you know, about a thousand years before and up to that date. Um, You know, like 10 centuries from the time of Christ up to, to then. In the Middle East, in Arabic, they called the Temple Mount, where the temple was, not where the Dome of the Rock was or anything. But they used the term for that in Arabic in this document, which gives uh, credibility and uh, proves that these Arab Muslims at the time you know tenth century a d knew that the temple mount where the dome of the rock was uh, was originally the temple Mount for the Jewish temple so it you know the Palestinians can you know go bite sand or something because they don't they don't have any argument to says that there was never a temple of Solomon and David on that mount. This description of several others does prove that there's no argument that there was a temple there. I just think that's cool. You can read about it in the
2: the article there. Yeah, definitely uh, very interesting.
0: Uh, Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, what do you think about all the earthquakes over in Italy?
2: I've been, uh, people are saying that they're a precursor to something bigger. Now, whether it's um, the volcano... um, I just want to,
1: Joe, let me interject something here. Uh, Karen from Rome, if you're listening to this, please check in with us. We've been praying for you, Karen, in Rome. Uh, we're very concerned and we we've, uh, haven't heard from you. Please check in with us. Uh, thank you. Uh, go ahead.
2: Yeah, we've had a, a number of earthquakes in Italy over the past few weeks, um, up to five, six, and one was listed at seven, but I think they dropped it back down to 6.6 or 6.5. Um, Definitely uh, alarming, and, uh, you know, you have different people saying that they're precursors. Others saying that, you know, the last one was the the big one. Others saying it shows uh, volcanic activity, which, uh, what is it, Mount Vesuvius, that erupted, um, that is such a threat to Italy if it erupts again. Uh, I don't. And I don't know what to think. You know, there's so much going on in the world that just seems like that's the least thing to
1: well, be concerned so stand, about.
2: Yeah, but but how does that line up with prophecy, Stan? Um, I'm, I'm
1: sure it does, right?
0: What? Just, uh, the the earthquakes in, in Italy?
1: In well, specifically in in Rome, seven hills. You know that? Yes. Or oh,
0: yeah, possibly. Okay. All it's right. um. You know this area. Uh, uh, the, what do they call them? Epinines, Epinines, ep- A-P-N-N-I-N-E-S, the range of mountains anyway, that this goes through northern Apines. Anyway, uh, there's a an article that uh, Earthquake Kim sent me, uh, which I haven't fully read, uh, just because it just arrived a little bit ago, but um, there, she's got an article there which uh, is from the volcanocafe.org and at the Appian Fault. And go there and look at an article showing the fault line running from the top of Italy down along the the leg, down to the boot, down to the toe almost. Now, I looked at that, and of course the image that uh, you can click on on image 5. It's an image I generated with Google Earth 3D to show this latest spate of earthquakes uh, around the area there that it's talking about in Italy. You know, uh, it's part of this long mountain range, and historically, this happens every few hundred years. You'll get severe clusters of these quakes, up to you know, picture sevens and things like that, which you can see in that article on the volcano dot org, the Appian Fault. Uh, anyway, the um, the thing may be normal. Uh, it may you know, it's not exceptional. It's just that it occurs very infrequently. I don't know whether that. That signifies more volcanic activity. that was my first thought, and I started reading about it. And I thought, well, is it going to be a new volcano underneath it? But then when I realized that this has happened you know, you know two or three hundred years ago and 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 before that over erratic periods of time, um it may just be what happens as the tectonic plates, you know, grind against each other there, and they build up the fault pressure, and then it releases in a series of these things. But looking at the image that I've got there, that just, um, it's all over the place. I mean, it's like that whole area just goes like a crumpled piece of aluminum foil. You know, it just peaks all over the place for earthquake. Um, So it's an area to watch, in spite of the fact they say it's, it's a normal occurrence every few hundred years. As you say, with all the other tectonic stuff that we're seeing, larger earthquakes, uh, volcanoes, uh, you know, various places becoming active, it does signify to me that this is falling into line with the rest of the stuff that's happening around the joint.
2: Okay. So, um, we don't, we just have to wait and see if there are more earthquakes that, uh, that yeah, I, I don't
0: know whether it's going to hit Rome or not. Um, on on that show images page, um, you know, uh, I forget. I Yeah, it's down up about uh, two, three rows underneath that, and big yellow in the middle it says, which cities in the Mediterranean region were built on seven hills? And if you go to that sub-page, it, uh, it uh, gives you a bit of a, you know, the, the, the scripture over these things. And then it... Uh, uh, if you sub-link, it'll, I'm just trying to find which link it is, the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. We've got that. Compare the cities here. Okay. I come up with four cities in Athens, in Istanbul, in Jerusalem, and Rome, all of which have the, the history of being built on seven hills. Now, <laughs> Rome, of course, is the obvious one, but um, Rome is actually across the river from the Vatican. The Vatican is actually not built on the old city. It's in the city, but not on it. So the uh, the Colosseum, uh, or the Pantheon, sorry, in Athens, Greece, is not built on the seven hills. It's built nearby on one of the hills in uh, Istanbul, in Turkey. Uh, I don't know that uh, you can argue the point, but the whole city is built on seven hills, and it was formed. It's bordered by the sea and the the uh, the Bosporus, and the and the uh, Constantinople type structure there had a, a defensive wall running on the west side. You can see it if you click on that image, and that definitely defined Istanbul as a city of seven hills. And only that. There was no doubt that that was the city of Seven Hills. I've I've located them there, and, and if you click on the large version, you'll see little blue boxes around each hill behind that wall uh that uh, was probably built. I don't know, you know, in the time of Constantinople being the center of everything. But what, why this is interesting is this: we have in Turkey today a guy that is really a front-runner, in my opinion, for either Antichrist or the second beast, you know, the false prophet. Um, And uh, that, too, is covered in the show images page, uh, just left of that thing about the seven cities, if you click on that, and you look on uh, President uh, Tayyip Erdogan of Turkey. um, This guy, you know, he fits so many of the factors for being the Antichrist, A false prophet that between him and actual Antichrist of the first beast, we can say that Turkey is the city, or sorry, Istanbul is the city to watch in Turkey where he rules, as referencing the city of seven hills. Anyway, it's uh, you know I told you before when I set up that page of uh, in the Antichrist and the seven cities and stuff that these were the candidates people and cities that i found, and it's up to us to look at news to see what you know fits into that, and that's, I encourage people to do that and give us feedback on what they find.
2: Now, I always thought Jerusalem was uh, built on seven hills, and just from looking at the, the maps you have on your site here, and we only got about two minutes to go before the break, you're saying that the walls of the city did not... Uh-huh.
0: oh sorry yeah no Jerusalem does that too it does that it does uh, and we know that the uh, that either the Antichrist or the False Prophet one of the two of them is going to go in and, and uh, profane the temple the new temple which isn't built yet but uh, looking at it even the new temple if they build it on the old site near Solomon's Stables at Mount Ophel that would still be within the old city walls as you can see in that uh, image that I've got there yeah, yeah. so okay I mean okay let's narrow it down to Istanbul and Jerusalem then. (laughs) and if the if the Pope has to leave because the Vatican's been bombed or something uh, I'm pretty sure he'll he'll run over to Israel and uh, set up a papal office there
2: that'd be interesting
0: yep anyway things to watch Uh, and uh, we'll come back after the break we'll uh, go somewhere else but you know
2: Open. absolutely folks you're listening to Stan Deo on this Tuesday edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report and just want to take this uh, moment here to give you um, a quick update for the rest of the week while we have uh, one minute remaining if I can get the schedule up I know we have it's Thursday we have Brandon House coming on and tomorrow uh, Pastor Langford will be on on hour three and we have uh somebody special coming on in the second hour and then friday we got uh, another segmented show but a really good show lined up yeah uh, it's uh, you know what what we'll do is is we'll uh we'll lay this out uh
1: uh, really just check hagmanreport.com for the details on this but stan dale stan dale stan um has a,
2: a special uh, yeah. 2017 go to Trump. show images page at the top of the page. There Real. you'll see uh, seven. Um, was it seven items for seven? Days, no, no, no. I just, my computer the, just crashed. So, wish Keep on code is twenty seventeen Trump. Yeah. And we'll we'll hit on that again on the other side. We'll be right back. Stay with it.
1: If it's Tuesdays, it's Tuesdays with Stan, the real Indiana Jones, standeo.com. That's standeo.com, D E Y O, for anyone uh, new, of course. So thankful to have Stan with us. And one of the best, uh, I gotta tell you, one of the best uh, offers I've seen in a long time. Seven products, 25% off, with Hagman Show Code. Okay, Hagman Show Code. Uh, and that is 2017 Trump. This is good until midnight on 7 November. Includes the seven items, the Cosmic Conspiracy, final edition. That is a fantastic book. Dare to Prepare, 5th edition, 2013, encyclopedic in nature, as is the... um, as is Prophetic Barrels, End Times, event, Events re- Revealed. Holly really knocked it out of the park with that one. Gemstone Papers, The Prudent Places USA and on CD. Oh, man. You can spend days going through that. Lectures and Interviews of Stan Deo, Townsend, Brown, Legacy, and the Gemstone Papers, Part 1, Electricity. What, what, just, what a great uh, offer. 25% off Trump, or two twenty seventeen Trump is the coupon code, and that's good until next Monday at uh, midnight, or 7 uh, November midnight, so take advantage of that folks please, go to standeo.com and on the show images page, the very top very top middle show images page on standale.com there, it list gives you the list have at it, have at it man take advantage of it, uh, before we get back to Stan, very quickly uh, folks, I am just so excited because uh, TC Joseph is just a marvelous writer. If do you have this yet? If not, think Christmas, which is next month. I can say that now. Next month is Christmas. If you celebrate Christmas, if you do exchange gifts, I can't think of a better gift than TC Joseph's the uh, this generation series of novels. In a thrilling series of novels, TC Joseph takes takes us into the lives of three families in a world where conspiracy theories and Bible prophecies collide. His novels move through recent history to the events that are just on our horizon. You know, stuff that Stan Dale talks about and gets into. His witty style. And he's got just this, this great wit in writing. Fascinating character development. What a great read. Not only will you folks love these books, but they can be a great tool to awaken friends and family members to the perilous times we face. Kirkus Reviews states that readers of M, M- Times Fiction will be hard pressed to find it done more intriguingly than this. Extremely readable and fast paced. Indeed they are. Blue Ink Reviews, they call this generation series of novels, uh, thought provoking series, absolutely riveting. Get your copies of T.C. Joseph's This Generation Series on Amazon.com. Do it today. Book 1 is Precipice. Book 2 is Pentecost. And here, if not already, we're coming soon. Book 3, Penance. ThisGenerationSeries.com. For more information, ThisGenerationSeries.com. You won't be sorry. Stan Dale is our guest, of course, on Tuesdays. And his seven products, seven days in May. Remember that? twenty five percent off twenty seventeen Trump is the coupon code. Thank you, Stan for making that uh and Holly too for such a great offer. really appreciate that took enough time. We're gonna kick it back to you take us where you want us uh, to where you want to go
0: okay um and just reminding folks that uh on our website there's a lot of news that Holly's been you know started putting up uh, you know getting up at uh, four o'clock in the morning start to do it all, and one of the things she's got on our uh Uh, website there uh, today is about uh, the the vote on getting more or legalizing marijuana uh, growing and selling in various states they used on uh, 60 minutes they used Pueblo Colorado where we live as um, you know the the subject material for the the whole show on the marijuana issue and you know uh, if you watch that uh, I'm sure there's ways to go back and watch if you haven't recorded that show you'll see uh uh, right uh right Uh, right okay does that take us yeah okay holly's got the the link above the article there um it says just say no to recreational pot question mark and you can go and see the documentary that uh, we saw yeah it's only about a 15 minute uh, view but it's showing you some of the problems that can occur you know the, the massive growth of of this uh, marijuana plants here. I mean, huge farms. But there is a downside. And, and living here, we've been able to talk to people that are tradesmen in, in various other places, of in Beulah up in the valley there, uh, about uh, 45 minutes from us, where they've seen these black, like, Cadillac limousines, almost, with these black Cadillac cars with the tinted windows, racing, you know, two or three at a time at night, maybe 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, down the, the back roads of Beulah Valley, from where they're growing uh, the marijuana and gosh knows what else and they come racing through town at night and people that are up that time and I do see them and hear them go through so you've got like the mob the Mexican mob or whoever I don't know but the mob in these black Cadillac limos running to and fro up there in the, in the valley and then down here uh, there are so many places that sell uh, marijuana it's like um, there's probably more of those than there are like uh uh loaf and jug gas stations here. I mean, it's just, you know, within an arm's throw here, I can say there's one, two, three, at least four of them that I know that were are within seven minutes of the house here by car. Um, so it brings in uh, an element from out-of-state, out-of-country, some Russian, uh, some South American, that you really don't want. And, you know, this is to tell people who are going to be voting if they haven't already, in Colorado anyway, and other states that are going to be putting pot growing and legalization on the ballot, there's a real downside. You you may get tax money and all that kind of stuff, but here in our neighborhood, uh, the, the uh, illegal growers of marijuana in our neighborhood rented five homes, and of course there was a big bust on them, and they were Cuban and Russian nationals, and they were growing it in these houses they just rented, uh, just what, uh, probably uh, half a mile from us here in the suburbs. Nobody knew well, none of us you know people that live here knew um and it just you know it it takes up land that should be used for growing and other type of stuff, but it's very profitable, so people turn over also attracting the homeless that are uh, on yeah and Holly said it's also attracting the homeless that are hooked on dope Other yeah uh, from other states to get here and when i we have a back door to the um post office, you know because we do so much business with them we can you know we Just come in the back door. And they were showing us the other day one of the big bins full of outgoing traffic from here in Pueblo West, um, boxes and things. And uh, the lady said to me, Here, smell this package. And even with my bad sense of smell, I thought, Wow, that's full of marijuana. And she says, Yeah, we send a lot of these every week down to Florida from here. So it's not legal in Florida, but they're sending it through the mail because there's apparently no. In place to say, smell your packages and don't let pot, you know, go oh. go out of the state. But well, it's yeah. not a good deal. It's not a good deal.
1: You know, Stan, uh, Eric, the tech, and I were having, and Joe and I were, we were all having a conversation here about, about that in Colorado. Um, do you see a lot of out? Because obviously you're right there at ground zero. Now, do you see a lot of out of state people coming in to Colorado and buying? I don't know. Qual- uh, you know, however they buy it. I mean, however, I don't know how you buy it, but I don't know and-
0: because I don't frequent the places. But I mean, they're just so so many of them. It's so common to find a dope place Uh right next to the granite place where we got our, our, our countertops here in Pueblo, uh in near closer to the Pueblo City instead of out here in the uh, Pueblo West area. We were there the other day, and they are they are making huge. I mean. um long buildings with girders are putting up in exhaust fans right there in the center of town almost they're 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 building these huge production lines for growing marijuana indoors in these big uh, I think there were four of them and there were like gosh I don't know uh, 100 200 foot long things each of them uh, and connected next to that is the main sales uh, and distribution thing there all sales and retails of all the you know mm-hmm gummy bears that got dope in it and that kind of stuff and 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 as the documentary pointed out they don't give you uh, kind of the warning they should like uh, on the little gummy bear candies they're dope laced you know, with marijuana but uh, they've had people looking at them saying oh these are nice they taste good and you know eating four or five of them and overdosing on THC which is you know the marijuana goody, uh you know and having to go to the hospital because they thought it was candy I mean, well, it, it tastes like candy. They knew it was marijuana, but they didn't know how many they could take. And and you've got quality control problems. You you got sleazy uh, growers that you know are like the health standard is not there, and you can't tell from some of them how strong one batch is to the next. Um, wow. Anyway, okay. I, even our well, governor yeah, I, is against that. So
1: yeah, I I was just curious. I mean, we we were really trying to. Get or get a handle on how. For example, you mentioned the package that smelled like marijuana. Can you send us some gummy bears? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are friends for? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and that was that was my other question too. I mean, do, is it do people from their regulars ship out of state, and is there any there? There's no oversight to that. I mean, like well, they're not Post supposed office? to.
0: They're not okay. supposed to, So, you know, they have people that are average Joe blogs or something that they give the stuff to and say, here, mail this to such and such, you know, they have it by proxy, and they get around the law that way. Um, and here's another thing, now, I'm in favor of medical use, pain-blocking uh, marijuana products, but those should be a prescription, those should be handled by a doctor prescribing for a, a you know, a client. It shouldn't be for recreational use, and and I have tried that, as I've said before, and I, um, what do you call it, a brownie, Um, and it does work. It it gave me relief from uh, the pain I was suffering in my back for three days, just on, I think it was like a quarter of a brownie. Um And I was only disoriented for about an hour when I first took it, and I sat down in the living room with Holly and then went to bed and got up the next morning, and I forgot that I'd had any pain. I was up getting things done. I realized, you know, it does help. Huh. So I'm in favor of that, but not this gross You know, retail, you know, uh, stuff for entertainment and recreation. Because there's no laws in place, no product in place that you can stop a driver who's erratic on the road and say, let me give you a marijuana breath test or whatever. There's nothing there. There, you know, and, and there's no law that says you can't be on marijuana, I don't think, and driving.
2: So no, there there is a law. It's a DWI, and I think they're developing some sort of road test. I was reading about that recently, um, maybe a few months back, that they're trying to develop a road test. Right now, what they do is, at least here in Pennsylvania, if they suspect that you're driving while intoxicated, they will give you, uh, take you, and take your blood sample.
0: Then you can pick it up in the blood sample, yeah.
2: In right, fact, but there's no fuel test to uh, indicate if somebody's high while driving.
0: Well, and, and it's Holly was just saying to me here well, while you were telling me that the the medical marijuana is not the thing that gives you the high. It's it uh it's pain relief. they grow a certain kind of plant, you know, for that that uh, reason it's the balance of the, the chemicals in it. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a big issue. We're getting all kinds of other drug traffic increases here. Um, one of our friends has just recently retired uh, from the uh, law enforcement business here in Colorado, and he told us at dinner, he said, you know, we can test your blood and your uh, urine, but the blood particularly, for uh, traces of marijuana usage, you know, the THC, and we can get a hit on that from 30 days after you've taken one puff on a marijuana cigarette or eaten one gummy bear or whatever. For 30 days, it's in your system. We can detect it. So, if there were a quick blood test type thing, Joe, then maybe they can use that. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure. I'll have to lure back into that. Wow. Um, well, if you're. I, never, I remember this from my troublemaking days. If it's like a one time use, it doesn't usually stay that long. But if you use it reoccurring over a period of days, then it can stay in your system up to 30 days, especially people with slower metabolisms. And who Oh, is that healthy. right? Yeah. Okay from my right, memory well. uh, I don't know anymore with what you're talking about now um, how that works and how potent it is and how different it is but aren't you late for a community service show <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm just kidding
1: I, I don't I'm go kidding. on
0: <laughs> Joe was a bad boy did you
2: think <laughs> yeah, well, just a little bit Stan
0: yeah. uh, anyway, right. well. I think we all have some history here and there of some or other but that's, uh, the Lord forgives us thank goodness
1: absolutely Amen to that yeah so so Stan i gotta ask you this um you know here it is a week to the day from the elections lots i mean wow, you know the last since since you were here last uh tuesday to today, so much has changed
2: yeah um, do you think this there's any merit to the f b i reopening these investigations and talking about them uh or do you think because I'm of the mind to think this is a big distraction while they commit voter fraud and get Hillary elected. But some people believe that the FBI or some branch of the U.S. government is going to come and swoop in and and save them. I'm not sure. And I I guess it's possible uh, if the right evidence is found, but it just seems that they always get what they want.
0: You know... The whole thing, the whole election process this year could be a distraction and uh, a method of retaining power with Obama staying there. I've said this many times before, um, and now then we're starting to hear from uh, some of your listeners and some of our readers about uh, dreams or visions that people have had over the last few years, and some even you know, many years ago, for this uh, black president being in power, when uh, the elections are halted by him because of uh, irregularities that would make it uh, impossible to have a fair election. And you can see this writing on the wall here. You know, um, if if Hillary cannot be uh, a legal candidate for various things that she's being accused of or if she's going to be prosecuted, uh, there's a, a strong case for let's... Delay the election until we can get a candidate on the Democrat side that's trustworthy, and you know everybody's happy about it. this. Is we're leading up to a, a crisis where we're going to see the end of you know America as we knew it. Um, the um, the if if Trump were to win, that'd be nice and everything for the the Christian community. We think, but. If Hillary were to, win, were to win, it would be a disaster for uh, Christians and uh, Jews and uh, ex-military stuff because they're all on her uh, terrorist list. And uh, we've been getting emails about this too, about the increase in um, uh, ch- rail cars with uh, chains being welded to the to the floors to hold people and chains to take them to detention centers for uh, terrorists. And since we qualify as terrorists in, in the, uh, the the Hillary and Obama playbook. Uh, we can expect if she wins that there will be a roundup of a lot of us. In fact, you know, uh, in the early part of 2017, we may see a lot of our radio shows and uh, the things we do here on the Internet and our publications, our books and Christian material and lectures, all that be taken away. All of us be taken away. So I think it's a, a time for people that may not be in the spotlight of, of the, the pickup, uh, you know, by the government to get all the materials they need hard copies and stuff, videos or whatever they're going to do as a witness tool, and, you know, lock it away somewhere because those of us who are down in the forefront here are obvious people to remove by the administration when they take over, and we're very close to that moment, and They may take over for another reason, just civil war. We we know that Soros thrives on coming into countries he's going to control to create division amongst the population uh, between two or three factors, civil war, disorder. And when the the dust settles, the new government will always be his people. Uh, So we could expect him to do the same thing here. He's certainly created division in the country. And... uh, by doing that, it uh, lays the groundwork for civil disobedience and armed violence, whether it be with stones or bullets or whatever. So we're looking at things here that can happen between now and, say, middle of January next year, or whatever. We're looking at things that could be the end of America. We, we've got prophetic mm-hmm. visions of that. We've got, uh, you know, uh, writings and stuff that, that tell us that. So yeah, I.
1: Sad to laugh at that, but 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 I, I understand that.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and and hey. we, yeah. I mean, what you what you said though. I mean, we are facing a crisis, and this is a manufactured crisis, I believe. But but I think you're right. Um, we're brought to this point for that purpose. I deliberately brought to a crisis point.
0: Well, uh, back on the show image page, um, image four. Uh, about three lines, the three rows down. New Russian over the horizon radar array, and that's an article in the uh, uh, Ham Radio Operators Magazine. That uh, uh, George, one of our uh, friends, also uh, sends me articles, and he sent me that. Um, he, he's a, a ham radio operator too, and he said, "Have a look at this." And, and the Russians are about to uh, establish a new. A, uh, array of radar that was similar to the woodpecker thing they used to have back 20 years ago, so that it was interrupting radio traffic for sure way. And this new thing doesn't do that, but it, it was like the bop up up, up 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 sound. they have smoothed it out, but it's a, a an array that is set up to detect missiles, aircraft, drones, whatever coming over the pole into Russia. They are getting ready for a confrontation with the only over the pole neighbor they've got us. So and that's that's in the press, okay? So if we have civil disobedience here for any reason and martial law and rounding up of people, we will be weakened to the point that we're fair game for Russia and for China. I think Russia being the the major player um, you know, wanting to move in and uh, take over American assets and take over the country. The Chinese would find it more difficult. The Russians are are more, uh, you know, Caucasian looking. And uh, the language, although it's a bit, you know, different from English, is probably easier for people to adapt to. So as a takeover and occupying force, Russians would seem to be the logical choice between a Russian and a Chinese co-invasion of the country.
1: Do you think, Stan? Do you think that this is why that there's been so much focus, so much blame? It seems like um, uh, the especially on the on the Democrat side, political political Democrats or the progressives, um, they're blaming the Russians for the hacks. They're blaming the Russians. I mean, it's everything is the traces back to the Russians. Okay. Are we being? Program. Yeah, they're,
0: they're doing that. They're doing that, blaming the Russians on the hacks and stuff. But you've also got Trump sitting there and, and uh, pushing on uh, uh, treaties with China and uh, unfair trade balance, want to put tariffs on taxes on things sure. back and forth. He's pushing on the Chinese that way. And the other side, of course, is pushing on the, the Russian hacking. So you're right. I agree that they're both being played up.
1: Okay. Uh, and it's just... You can feel it, you know, uh, Stan and, uh, Holly's book, Prophetic Perils. My goodness. Uh, folks, this dovetails. I mean, what we're talking about dovetails into that book, Prophetic Perils. If you don't have a copy, grab yourself a copy. And it's part of the, uh, it's part of the uh, special, uh, the, uh, seven, seven, expect, Yeah, seven, seven products
2: in seven days in November right. at the top of show images page on com. Yeah. And you type, uh, 2017 Trump and you get 25% off.
1: That's a great deal. But, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I'm feeling this. Everyone's feeling this, that, that there's something coming. And uh, we've been saying that for so long, but, man, it looks like it's just rounding out, you know, getting ready right now to pop.
0: You know, another thing that's kind of being low-keyed in the press, but I think it's going to erupt into a real issue, is the Iranian general of the Quds Forces, uh, General Soleimani, uh, Qasim Soleimani, he's wandering around in Iraq, and helping to get rid of ISIS in various cities. But he's putting the Iranian kind of tag on Iraq now. Um, The the 10th picture, or picture number 10, I've got on the show images page, takes you to an an article that Earth Observatory has uh, measuring the sulfur dioxide plume coming out of Mosul. And it's because in the war, the, the fighting, the battles they've been having there, Sulfur dioxide is the smell you get when you take the old timey wooden matches and you strike them. In that that kind of pungent odor you get just as you strike the match is sulfur dioxide. And now they've got a severe concentration of that because that thing is burning, going all the way down into you know middle of a, of a right near Baghdad, and some of them drifting over into Syria. And uh, don't know how close. That, yeah, that's going right close to. Um, uh, let's see, oh, Aleppo's up there. Well, it's a little bit south of Aleppo, but anyway. Um, it, it kind of was prophetic to see this, you know, because, you know, something smells in the Middle East, you know, and it's in Iraq. And I think we've got to watch Soleimani and the Iranian. Uh They're going to take Iraq as a foothold. Uh, and that's territory between them and Saudi Arabia. And the Saudis don't like the Iranians. The Iranians don't like the Saudis. The Saudis are trying to buy nukes to fight the Iranians. It is a nightmare. It stinks to high heaven. And that's why I put that that uh, Earth Observatory image up there, because it's just so apropos for what is happening there.
2: Well, that's, that's very interesting, and I have not heard about this. Uh, Stan, what's the chemical that they put inside natural gas to give it the odor that they do that it's able to be detected? The kind of—I don't know if it's not a sulfur smell, but it has a similar type odor to it. Uh,
0: well, um, it's obviously not sulfur. What, to dye. a burning match type thing, you mean?
2: No. What do they put in natural gas that gives it the? Because natural gas—it's gas probably acid.
0: hydrogen sulfide. I'm trying to remember. It has a rotten egg smell, basically. Yeah. Is that similar and, to uh, the sulfur I, smell? No, it, yeah, it's, um, uh, T-butyl mercapitan, mercaptan. T-butyl mercaptan. Okay. But, uh, it is similar to hydrogen sulfide and to the smell of rotten eggs. Thank you, okay. Wikipedia. <laughs> well, that's
2: You're a big re- area re- to re- click on that. That covers, um uh, mm. mm. let's see. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, fantastic. Well, Stan. Next, uh, so the next time you're going to be with us, uh, actually, we're at the end of the program. So the next time you're going to be with us is election day.
0: Oh, you that would be fun. Are you game? Well, by Are the we time good? we go to air, there will be some early results coming in on the east coast.
1: That's right. Okay, yeah. I I, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, so, so we're excited that uh, we're excited to, to have you on that day. And uh, if you don't mind, just tell listeners again. The uh, seven products special So I don't screw it up here
0: Oh, okay Well, it's uh, seven products For seven days Until midnight uh, Election day Seven November And um, If you click on that link uh, Or go straight to the shopping cart If you want But we've got links Directly to all the products That are on that uh, offer And uh, That's Seven products For seven days November It's just in yellow Above that picture Of uh, uh, The uh, Oh the, the earth geoid it, it, geoid, it, geoid we haven't talked about it but it's a nice color so it's underneath there on the first row and you click on that it'll take you over to see about the cosmic conspiracy dare to prepare gemstone papers prudent places prophetic perils lectures and interviews of Stan on Eden and Solomon and the Townsend Brown legacy flash drive that's the seven and the, the code required is the one you've given and I'll give it one more time before we leave because we're close it's 2017 Trump and uh That will get you your 25% discount until midnight, election day.
1: Perfect. Fantastic. And and, folks, it's a a generous offer. Take advantage of it. Christmas is coming next month. If you celebrate Christmas, certainly this is a a, a good thing. So, Sam, thank you so much for your gift of time tonight. uh, And uh, tell Holly as well that we appreciate you coming on the air. And, uh, God bless. Thank you. God bless you now. See you next week. Thank you folks that'll do it for us tonight standale standale standale.com every tuesday night tomorrow night uh, of course the third hour pastor david langford and uh uh tune in tomorrow night tune in every night but please tune in tomorrow night ladies and gentlemen again from the bottom of our hearts we want to say thank you so much thank you so much for your support of our program we could not do this without you and um Again, from the bottom of our hearts, thank you for your financial support. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for being part of the Hagman family. God bless.
2: Have a good night.